Don't spit on me, bro, or I'll drone you. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, February 26, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 386. This is no agenda. I can see clearly now here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin, Texas, in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the PG tips... Uh, has a pretty good batch this time. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> we haven't talked about PG tips in a long time, my friend. Particularly good batch I've got here. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Uh, I buy the big box of 160s. The uh, Camp Mofo looks like uh, a war room today. Why would that be? Uh, I, I was up until like 2 in the morning. Oh, you must have stumbled onto something you couldn't get off. <laughs> it was horrible. I got maps. I've been printing out maps. I've you know, I've got pain points in them. It's uh, <laughs> like all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> it's like ever since the Leviathan Project, just more and more like, oh, oh, no, of course. How come I didn't see this? How come I didn't know? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad, actually. But the, the elite. Well, t- you want to start with that, or you want to start with something light? Yeah, let's. Uh, I got a, I got a fractal that I thought was kind of amusing. I don't think it's something we can go very far with. A fractal. But, uh, I'm going to see if you can spot it. Fractal. Tell me what you what what you're hearing here. In so far as and you, you, this is your. By the way, when I listen to this, it's a it's a teaser for the Huckabee show, mm-hmm. which is like overproduced now. Huckabee well, really wants to be in show business. Yeah, oh yeah. He's, so I'm so talking about show business. This is strictly your <laughs> script. And as soon as I heard it, I went, oh, brother. Dante. Can I start it? Yeah. And still no clear front runner. What happens if voters can't agree on a candidate? Is a brokered convention inevitable? <laughs> Plus, what do voters want? They want to be inspired. They want to be entertained. They want to be led. Candid talk from the former candidates from exceeding expectations. I wasn't supposed to win it, but I did. To facing ruthless criticism. I was held to a different standard. Tonight, Bachman, Kane, and Palenti look at the Republican race for the White House. Ladies and gentlemen, Governor Mike Huckabee. <laughs> so they're bringing him back on the island. Yeah. <laughs> come on back, Herman Cain. Come on back. I couldn't believe it. I'm watching this. I'm like, this he's is been, exactly he's been around. the script from the survivor. <laughs> well, exactly. It's like time to bring somebody back. There you go. <laughs> and then everyone goes like, <gasps> you know why Huckabee has a, uh, you know, is good for show business, though? Because he's got a big head. <laughs> Anyone with a big head can go very far in television. This is uh, this is fact. This he also is fact. thinks he's a stand-up comic and he likes to play the guitar or something. Oh, yeah. No, the banjo. Isn't it banjo? Doesn't he no, play I think it's a bass. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was banjo. <laughs> well, that'd be more like it. I like with banjo. With an arrow through his head. Yeah. <laughs> I like banjo, by the way. Banjo is pretty cool. It's like uh, it, it's a, it's a plucking instrument. You pluck. Yeah. Hey, uh, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, all boots on the ground and feet in the air. And why don't we uh, do a roll call in the chat room? We haven't done one of those in a long time. Do you have any idea where people are checking in from when we do the show live, John? It's unbelievable. What, I'll, I'll, I'll read off the list as people tell me where they're tuning into live. We do the show uh, Thursday and Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. Gitmo Nation West time. And it's quite astounding. 
where uh, where people are coming in from. It, it really is. Uh, so you can listen live at noagendastream.com. That's where you welcome all of our human resources from. And, um, of course, uh, 99.9% of the people listen to the the podcast. Okay, Columbus, Ohio, Netherlands, Dublin. Oh, it's going too fast now. Arizona, Aspen, Rotterdam, Houston, Tiburon, Greenville, uh, New Mexico, Fargo, New England. Oh, it's going too fast here. Uh, another Netherlands. Uh, Hamburg, Deutschland, New Zealand, uh, British Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, gosh. Argentina, I'm seeing Argentina. here. Argentina. Hello, Argentina. The Quebec. Argentine. <laughs> the, Ar- the Argentine is in. Uh, Paris, France. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the guy. No, that's the guy. Another Argentina. Uh, New Jersey. Hey, there's a strange, strange country for you. New Jersey. Um, I'm looking for some more. God, it goes by so fast. I'm looking for some more international listeners. It's six fourteen in the morning in New Zealand, Finland, on Monday. Yeah, well, Wellington, New Zealand, uh, Capella on the ISIL, Gitmo Lowlands, Timbuktu. Uh huh. Sure. Uh, it's it's amazing. Uranus. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's time to stop. Story. There you go. Chat room. <laughs> Thanks, chat room. All right. Time to stop. <laughs> so I, uh, I started. You know, we, we only have a couple days in between shows, and I did one thing that uh, I'm quite proud of, and I, I, I'm actually going to write it all up. I've started doing that. I thought it would be much harder, but I finally decided. You know, because I've got three screens going here all day. And they're all talking about Google this and Google knows that and cookies. And then, of course, we yeah, have the, I got an angle on that. Yeah, we got the Bill of Rights thing and all that. Yeah, and, you were going to work on that one. Yeah, well, what it is essentially is instead of what, the, what, your, what your government should be doing, because I, I read through this Bill of Rights and you know, they're still going to put together a committee and you know, wrap it all up and come up with, uh, you know, this is, of course, uh, we're going to self-legislate. So uh, all these companies, you know, the do not do not track me button, which is in your browser now, by the way, which is just as effective as that push here to cross the street button. <laughs> it's like two wires dangling on the inside of the post, you know, not connected to anything. Uh, you know, so the, the whole thing is they're talking about what companies can do with your data instead of how you should have the right to basically not give them your data. And I think. Quite honestly, we're looking at this the wrong way. We should say, you know, we should be capturing our own data and selling it to these guys. Yeah, think think I, about I that. I got a completely different angle on this whole thing. Well, rock it to me, brother. Well, uh, let's play a couple. Just play some clips till you're bored of them. Okay. Of, of, uh, <laughs> That's what this show is, isn't it? Isn't that what we always do? Play until uh, you're bored of them. Yeah. Uh, I've got, let's see, what a Google One. Start with Google One. and you. Oh, by the way, this is actually kind of good because this is a message that we use. And so I heard this message. So oh, this is interesting. The product message. Google, whose mantra is do no evil, with an incredibly checkered record of privacy violations, including as recently as a week ago. So how do we trust these people? John? 
Well, I, you know, I, I think one of the things we need to understand is, is we sometimes think of ourselves as uh, Google's customers. We're not. We're Google's product. Uh, their whole business model is based on uh, assembling digital dossiers about us and then selling ads around that. And it's a very successful business model for them. They make about 30 billion. They bring in about 30 billion in revenues a year. Digital dossier. So they had uh, they had your buddy uh, Bono. What's her name? Uh, uh, Bo- Bono, Bono Mac. Bono Mac. Oh yeah, be careful of her. She's no good. She was on the judge. This judge Gene. <laughs> what were you was, watching? <laughs> yeah, I know. were you watching like getting divorce tips or something on Judge uh, Judge Gene, Gene is the, is the clone of Nancy Grace that Fox has. Oh, okay. See, I don't know. That's she's not HLN. nearly as, as uh, she's, but it's all scripted. Of course. In fact, there was, I do have a, a you want to hear a script fail? Did, I don't know. Well, actually, I'll play the script fail later. But it's, it was so funny because I, 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 when you hear it, especially when you listen to it, I saw it as a script fail. Oh, come on. Fail. Let's do the script fail. Let's do it. Maybe, okay. See maybe. if you can spot the script fail and find the double reason, find the reason for the script in the process. Not an outsider. This is a guy who started his own company. He was uh, in the private sector. Yes. He made a fortune. He took care of the Olympics. He's not a creature of Washington. He was appointed no, to the not. Olympics by the President of the United States because he's been known through the Republican Party for a ge- so for generations. So you don't like him, do you, Christopher? You know, of all the four, of all the three running he's probably the you know the most decent of of them all but i will tell you but i will i will tell you this right now he's been known to the republican party for generations they're talking about romney yeah but the script you missed the script fail i couldn't hear it now the script fail is of all four of all three. Oh crap i oh wow let me let me me play it's it's actually even better than that he had to say the script was of all three candidates running he is the most Honest, the most. He had to say three because if he said four, he'd have to include Ron, Ron Paul. Paul. He can't yeah. say that Romney's the most honest because Ron Paul's the most honest of four. So he says four, corrects <laughs> it to three, and then blops. Let me out listen again. That was good. Let me listen again. Known through the Republican Party for a jet so for generations. So you don't like him, do you, Christopher? You know, of all the four, of all the three running, he's probably the you know the most decent of of them all. But I will tell you. But I will. I will tell you this right now. Wow. Ah, uh, good catch. Yeah, all the, he's the most decent of the, of the three. three. Of the three that are running. And nobody says anything. No, of These course not. People are, this is so scripted. And we have to remember, people have listened to the show long enough. We had one of the producers of the McLaughlin Report in correspondence, and he dis- discussed the fact that the show is incredibly scripted, and I've heard that yeah. before. So they had they have people saying certain things. They they interrupt. It's, all, it's just scripted. Just stay, it, stay on that for one second. Did you hear how we signed off? McLaughlin on his uh, uh, on uh, what when is his show? Uh, uh, it's on Sundays usually on PBS. This so maybe this was uh, where is it now? Oh man! Oh here it is. McLaughlin signed off like this. This was very funny. I predict that the new head of the World Bank will be Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Bye bye. <laughs> Yeah, I heard that. That's in the script, I guess. Yeah, well, it's in the script because it's been brought up on more than a few shows. Oh, okay. So they're getting the pub, not his, just his show. I've heard this. I, I didn't, didn't have a clip of it, but I've heard this on other Fox and other shows. Right. And it's it's they're essentially softening. This is body blows. They're softening up the public for this crazy idea by, you know, giving us this, these predictions and other people now making the same assertion. So we're going to get... So when it happens, it's not going to be a big shock. There's not going to be a lot of... It's the, 
is going to be a pre-shock. I'm going to tell so, you that she, she doesn't want to do that. And I think I already mentioned that it seems more likely that Bill Clinton would become the president of the World Bank. Briefly, though, because the guy's not going to stay alive long, does not look healthy. No, he doesn't. Uh, Hillary is having way too good a time as the uh, the queen of the world. She is she's ruling everything. Yeah, but she looks you know, over the last week or so. She looks pretty beat. Yeah, but this is what happens. You know, uh, the human psyche when you're when you're completely evil on the inside, you're black and it's just filled with gunk and goop of killing people for oil and gas. It it, it will take its toll. So she so she knows she has to get out, but she's having a good time. She's enjoying it. Well, she does have to get out, and the head of the World Bank is like perfect. She's she's. What do you mean? She leads up friends of Syria. Let me tell you something. <laughs> friends of Syria is a classic. <laughs> if anyone starts a group called Friends of Adam, I'm I'm moving to Australia. That's <laughs> not good. Friends of Syria. And guess who wasn't invited? Syria. <laughs> <laughs> She's hilarious. I'm sorry. Let's get back to your. Um, okay, let's get back to my yeah, Google, Google thing. thing. Yeah. Okay, so let's just play the second Google reading mail thing, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then I'll tell you what I think's going on with this Google crap. Listen, there's there's middle ground here. Okay, let there's me ask you this. To try and figure out where to, to draw the line. To both of you, what should users know about the personal information collection uh, that worries you the most? Very quickly, Congresswoman, and then the Attorney General. Well, the, first and foremost, what bothers me the most in Google's own privacy privacy policy, it mentions clearly that they are going to actually read the content of your emails. They're going to say that no person is doing that, that a computer is reading the content of your emails. But if you write so or you're worried about email, the privacy. And I've got to go. We're going to wrap here. Congress, uh, Attorney General, what is yeah. the thing that worries well, you most? It's exactly right. The privacy issue and how and how far they're willing to go and what they're going to do with that information. All right. And, and how and how we don't have a choice. <laughs> you don't have a choice. You can't no run choice. your own mail server, slave. Shut up. So this is, this is, and I think if people start looking at it more closely, this is all Google publicity for the unproven concept that having all this information, which they're obviously collecting by the ton, it somehow gives better advertising results oh, that's, so they that's can bull. gouge advertisers by making the, the subtle message goes through that Google's doing all these nasty things. Wow, that's going to benefit us, Bill. But crap, we should advertise with those guys. We got to advertise because they're cheating. They're cheating. It's bull crap. <laughs> this does, none of this works. Anyone who's been on the Internet and goes on a browser and looks up something like a week ago and then you go to another website and they're still trying to sell it to you, whether you bought it or not. Right. The only shows you how this is inadequate. This is a this is a bunch of smoke. This is bull crap. The only the the only thing advertising system. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll take it one step further. First, the only thing that actually kind of works is geolocation. You know, if I fire up my Google browser or here, my, uh, my Firefox browser and I go to Google, uh, it says, hello, Austin. Yeah. So it knows that I'm in Austin. That's one thing that we kind of got working. But we had that working in 1997. So, you know, I remember looking at the databases for IP addresses like, pff, OK, um, not only is it a scam, but the way most of these advertising companies work is, uh, you know, it's it's per click. And Google may be somewhat of an exception with, you know, with the mom and pop shops and, the, and basically narrowing your search down to, you know, if you want to find a, a great Italian restaurant in Austin, I'm going to get 
recommendations that most likely someone paid for to give me first uh, to Google. But the way it really works, and all, and I know this, that MTV.com does this as an example. I'll call them out right now. Uh, and a lot of startups. So when you're coming up on your board meeting, right, and you're a startup and you've got like uh, you know a couple million dollars investment from a VC fund, and you've got to prove that you're doing well. You take your marketing budget, yeah, we call it marketing budget, and you go to some of these scam companies uh, called SEO experts, and you pay them, and then they fire up botnets. They've got people sitting around in India, the same people, by the way, that remove your offensive Facebook pictures, uh, and they just sit there all day going, click, very good now, click, and just follow a script and just click on stuff and click on stuff. And you pay them, you know, maybe a dollar for every thousand clicks. And you turn around and you charge the advertiser two dollars. It's called arbitration, arbitrage. And it works. And everyone's doing it. And at the end of the month is when you can barely even buy anything because all the botnets are whirring away and all the little Indian guys are, and gals are clicking away. It's a total scam. And we want to give out a smoke screen of delusion <laughs> that it works, <laughs> that something's going on because they're spying on everything you do. They're reading your yeah. email. Yeah. If anyone's reading your email is for blackmail purposes. Well, there is one thing, you know, the uh, the president hired uh, when he transitioned into the wet to, to the wet house <laughs> to the White House. <laughs> I think the wet house is better when he got into the wet house. Uh, he hired a couple of the top guys from Google. And the reason for this is because of their analytical knowledge and probably their accessing to some of uh, Google stuff. Because if you do know a lot about how people vote and you do have some of the statistical data and you can redraw districts, etc., there is a big advantage to that. And the same is happening with Facebook. So I think there is, there is some of that going on where the government is complicit, at least the administration is complicit. But you're absolutely right. This is just Google's great buy-in. Don't buy any ads on Facebook. That timeline thing's no good. And by the way, how come they're not mentioning Facebook at all? It's all been, yeah. it's all been about yeah, Google. Go. It's because Google's behind the publicity. Yeah. It's, a, it's one of those crazy campaigns that you can't identify because it sounds like it's about bad things Google's doing when it's not. It's about because the message is not aimed at the general public. The message is aimed at advertisers that Google's doing all these crazy things. That's how they're, they're, that's wizards. they're so good. They're wizards, I tell you. They're wizards. They're so awesome. They know how to do it, man. <laughs> so it's like one of the best campaigns. This should win an award, but of course you could never, the you people at Google can't reveal it because then it would make everyone look like idiots for going on and on about it. Well, what gets even better is the people that actually buy the media. So you have, at an advertising agency, you have a media buyer. And this used to be, and I'm talking up until the mid-90s, kind of when the internet really started and then they hired all these douchebags. But it used to be people who were, you know, brand stewards. And it's like, okay, Coca-Cola, it stands, or let me take a, a, a different, uh, how about um, mouthwash, scope, whatever. You know, this is the, the brand, this is how we feel, this is how our customer is. And there was a lot of science that went into this, and a lot of <laughs> science. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. The science is in! But a lot of, you know, testing and understanding the market and the consumer and these people moved on up in the dot-com bubble and became VPs, got new business cards, got some stock in the company. And then they went and hired the millennials. And they hired, uh, actually pre-millennials probably, you know, like hey, the, the guy with the, with the goatee. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He can buy that internet stuff. 
And these kids just sit around and then the, the, the advertising networks show up and say, hey, man, you want some tickets to the Grammys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you buy some, buy some inventory from me? Okay. And that's how it's bought. They don't give a crap. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're just. No, they're the just, media buyers are, are so pathetic. Most of them are female and they're a certain age group. They're, they're just out of college usually. They think they're great. They never read the magazines. They don't even pay any attention to the product that they're buying ads for, literally. They all look like Marissa Meyer. They all look like Marissa Meyer. (laughs) They do. They're semi-hot, right? I was on the, uh, (laughs) when I was writing for Forbes, I was on the Forbes yacht. Yeah, you told me about this once, right? That That was what the media buyers would be invited onto the yacht, right? Yeah, they invite the media buyers onto this big, big yacht, this motorized <laughs> yacht that the Forbes owns. A motorized works. yacht? No, don't say. It actually moved? It's a stink pot. Yeah, no, they actually take you. It's a great tour. <laughs> they, they, they back it out of this big, too. And it's got its own chef, and it's got a huge galley, and they Woo! serve you a gourmet meal. And anyway, so they back this thing out. Uh, it's called the Highlander. You can look it up. Mm. And you go, it, it backs up and goes around, and it, it takes about an hour. It goes around Manhattan. Island. It goes past the Statue of Liberty. It does all this, and it just boat annoys everybody in all the other magazines because they, because it's a really good gimmick. And so they have all these dingbats that are on this thing. They don't even know what what they don't know anything about any of the magazines <laughs> they're, they're buying ads for. They, they just don't like know nothing that they're being wined and dined. <laughs> yeah. And they they sign up with the, with the dotted line after the boat trip is over. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you're right. No, I think it's a good call. Uh, And uh, good work. Good on you, Google. Good work. Can't say anything else. Yeah, and a good job by Google to uh, scam scam the public with these bullcrap stories about, oh, oh, they bypassed the safari. That was the kicker. They got this thing going. It's genius. Yeah. So I I don't even, we don't even know that they did bypass safari. They could have just leaked that out as bogus. So I'll tell you what, I, I, blocked all cookies and selectively turned on like eight right and uh and so i of course if you want to access google maps then you have to because i looked at my cookie file just kind of as it you know just looking at it see what's in there there were just hundreds and by the way the a category is the biggest because it's all like ad network this ad dot this ad dot that and i'm like you know screw these guys so i just turned it all off and you know guess what there's no difference in your experience. You know, exactly. Nothing, nothing changes. You know, okay, so you can't... So Facebook, of course, you can't log into anything. Uh, and you can't... Uh, you can actually, just by logging into your accounts... Dot, or allowing your accounts.google.com cookie, you can get into your calendar if you use that and, uh, and maps. But, you know, uh, like Google... Because I wanted to block all these... G Google Plus icons because that's tracking as well. Um, so you can do that. Um, but it's funny because if you hit the Google Plus page, even if you delete your cookie and your browser's just sitting there on the page, the cookie shows up again. They just got processes running inside that page going, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. It's just unbelievable. It's just, you know. Anyway, it changes nothing. And I can remember some passwords. Big deal. And a site, that, a site that actually, you know, forces me to have a cookie to remember my password. Screw you. I don't need you. And it changed nothing in my life. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's great. Like, okay. You don't need that. Just turn them off. 
Instead, the government's going to like talk about how your, you know, what is fair, how your uh, information will be used. Screw you. Yeah, that's bogus. It's totally bogus. There was something else that uh, one of our producers uh, who actually used to work at the uh, at the company at Salesforce and he uh, I'll just call him producer Chris. I don't know if he wants me to mention his last name. So um, you were talking about Vivek Kundra. Our uh, our friend there, the chief inf- former chief information officer of the United States, and that he joined um, uh, Salesforce. And we remember we were talking about that for a second, yeah, like, trying we to figure it out. Every so, often. so he followed this all the way through, and uh, it goes back to well, first of all, uh, Beninoff, who is the CEO and uh, founder of Salesforce. Um, is you know uh, is a big friend of President Obama, hosting up to you know uh, thirty five thousand eight hundred dollar a plate uh, fundraising dinner. So you know the fix is in there. But this the thing that we kind of didn't look at is the Tech America Commission on Leadership Opportunity in the U.S. and deployment of the cloud, known as Cloud Two. And uh, this was an initiative that uh, had, uh, of course, Mark Beninoff as uh, co-chairman of the commission. And Vivek Kundra was essentially leading this thing. And they came up with a, um, a cloud buyer's guide for industry. And Kundra published a 25-point federal IT reform plan, uh, which basically said all government has to go to the cloud. Everyone should be on the cloud. You need to be on the cloud. And, and so now you go to um, go to cloudbuyersguide.org. This is the this is the, the report that essentially came out of this government committee. Go to that for a second, John. Cloud, cloud. cloudbuyersguide.org. And right there on the home page <laughs> Harness the full power of the cloud. Quote, the movement to the cloud is the movement to the cloud is a one way street. Vivek Kundra, former federal chief information officer. And then if you go look at that, basically it says you should buy your cloud services from Salesforce, from their trusted <laughs> cloud apps and platform. These guys are the biggest cloud uh, pusher uh, in the world. They're, I mean, they're real professional. I mean, you know, Google's got their, sure, they've got their Google apps, you know, like Mail and Calendar and Docs and stuff. But if you want, you know, if you want the real products, you know, the, the real database cloud hosted stuff, you're going to Salesforce. So the whole thing is completely a setup. It's like, hey, you know, better enough, why don't you go raise some money for me and, uh, hey, I'll give you, I'll give you Kundra. Here, you take Kundra and you can go do your cloud stuff. Complete scam. Oh, yeah. Complete scam. Or as I like to say, a scampaign. And here's what I... A scampaign. <laughs> Obama's re-election scampaign. Here's the Stelligent ROI calculator. Woo! Let's calculate some ROI on our show. Can we do that? <laughs> well, apparently, no. You have to email it in and they'll make the calculation <laughs> for you, I guess. It's just... You have like- to... You have to, you have to <laughs> they're collecting this is like a mailing list they're collecting your name so you can use this calculator mm. this is bull crap send me your name and I will give you a calculation <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievable hey let's thank some producers because I got a lot of stuff to talk about and 
And it's uh, and we do have some executive and associate executive and producers they'll, and they'll get their today's mo- show, and they'll get their money's worth today. Good, yeah. Gonna, yeah. We're, we're, we're they already have the needles. They are down. Well, they already got their money's worth right now. Alexander Selzenoff, Selzenoff, probably in uh, Espoo, which I believe is in Finland. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Espoo. Or it, it could also be Espoo. Yeah, Espoo. Maybe it has to do with uh, Anderson Cooper. Three seventy three seventy three. It's been yes. a while since I donated the last time. Here's something to support the best podcast in the universe. I hope enough people would do the same so you guys can continue to do it twice a week. Please send some karma my way. Thanks for your great work. Uh, regards, Alex. Yes, Espoo is in Finland. Correct. You've got... Karma. Espoo. Well, we're going to pronounce it Espoo from now on. Espoo. Espoo. And we're back with Sid uh, Incognito in hey. Melville, New York. Hey. Who came in with 350 bucks. He says, you guys screwed up my donation note on the last show. <laughs> what? So I'm, it's what he says, even though we read it. Uh, they apparently sent a second one. So I might as well donate again while I set the record straight. <laughs> I thought Dr. Nanninger called me a douchebag on episode 383, so I mentioned it in my donation book note. But on listening to it again, I realized he was talking about someone else. I sent you guys a follow-up email with a retraction on Wednesday, but you only read my first note, so please send my apologies to Dr. <laughs> Nanninger, along with some karma. Uh, and a karma mea culpa, I believe this $350 completes my knighthood. I don't do drugs, but I'll take the hookers and mead combo if that's an option. Mead? Uh, mead, he mead? says. I don't know what mead. Do we, do we offer mead to? I don't know. <laughs> you can have all the mead you want, man. All right, so mea culpa karma. You've got karma. Good work, John. Thank you. <laughs> Jason Hoffman in Muskego, Wisconsin, 260. He's an associate executive producer. Please credit this amount to two donations made by my son, Jason. This is from his dad. This should put him at the night level. Jason has blessed his mother and me beyond measure. Good old Jason. Yeah. No uh, agenda is by far the best podcast in the universe. Hail the foot. You've got karma. Actually, yeah, he didn't ask for it, but I'm going to give, you give it to him. gratuitous karma now. Yeah, well, I'm Chris, sorry. He's going to be a knight. That's nice. Chris... Chris Mayle in North Sydney in New South Wales of 250. Can you give a karma shout out to my car as my partner Kim is about to learn how to drive a stick shift? <laughs> Should we do that? Yeah, little, do that little, car, next... little car karma for you. Clutch car karma. karma. Clutch car karma. Clutch car. Can you fire a douchebag at Matt Lacey for falling off the wagon and not listening as much as he should? Douchebag. And then he needs a chemtrails jingle for me and possibly the national anthem at the end of the show. Well, it's the end Chemtrails. There you go. He likes to sing it while commuting to work on the train. It must be very <laughs> handy. I mean, the people must love sitting next to him. You can have friends of Syria in your car. Is anybody sitting here? You know, when somebody, if you don't want to keep the seat to yourself... Somebody comes. Is anybody sitting there? You, you say yes. Jesus is sitting. <laughs> just here. Uh, just start singing. In the morning, get motivation. That's a surefire way to people stay away from. Gary me. Y in Brooklyn, New York, two two six two six. Please pronounce me Gary Y from Brooklyn, New York. I just did. I'm donating all the funds I have earned using the knowledge gained listening to Dvorak Horowitz podcast. Give or take a penny. Thanks, John and Adam, for the great show. Birthday 22812. Shout out to fellow slave and no agenda producer Ben Nidus. 
Please de-douche me. You've been de-douched. Good old Christian Herzog in Elwood, Illinois, 22612, Sir Zog. Um, citizens, John and Adam, this donation is to commemorate the next show on February 26th. The recent donation complaining jag bag prompted me to be sure to contribute to and support the best podcast in the universe. I'd also like to ask for some job karma changing... Uh, Job changing karma for my wife Bridget and a hey citizen. So give him a combo there. Oh, okay, I'm very happy too. Hey citizen, you've got karma. Meanwhile, curiously enough, Doctor Nenninger himself, oh the good from doctor, Port Jefferson, New York, comes in at two hundred one dollars, saying, "Imagine my chagrin when I heard Sid Incognito return my douchebag call out." With a karma shot. Now, Sid didn't think he did one, but Nanager thinks he might have. We have a karma war. We have karma war. Remember that karma war between the, 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 those two couples? Yeah, they're divorced couple? now. Yeah, they're divorced. <laughs> divorced. <laughs> That's a faithful no agenda squire. <laughs> no agenda? Did he say? Did he say? No agenda, I might say. <laughs> I had no option, at least at the point, and I have to complete my knighthood. I request a shot of knighthood-powered karma directly at Sid Incognito. Adam, please coordinate the timing of the karma shot to provide maximum amplification with the arrays and orbits. I want Sid to receive mm. a massive shot of transformative karma. Additionally, I want to give up my first class seat on the mothership to Sid. Wow. That is love right there, man. Yeah, these guys are like trying. They're out. Uh, it's I, like I, a, I think they the should reverse of the War of the Roses. They, they should, keep they, buying each other. They things. should get a room. He wants to send you an allergy test kit. You can do it at home. He's seen that undiagnosed food allergies in most cases of Tourette's. In really? Any case, well, yeah, it's probably the water. In any case, uh, thank you both <laughs> for the best entertainment in the universe. The fluorides. Uh, make me laugh. <laughs> All right, so, here's some uh, super-duper extra special karmic karma coming your way. You've got karma. That's interesting. And that's at Sid Cognito. Yes. Yeah, I Incog- know. Yeah, a, a Sid Incognito. Yeah, it's a possibility. That's what he said. You know, it's, it's that's the fluoride. Right. It's the fluoride in the water. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, in Chicago, Illinois, we have Michelle Figueroa, who donated two hundred dollars with no uh, note, and we want to thank her for her contribution. And right. we want to thank everybody who donates and helps us produce this show, especially the producers at noagendashow.com, dot org slash na, channeldevorak.com slash na, and no agenda nation. Dot com, uh, where you can click on the donate button. We really appreciate it. Dvorak.org slash N-A Yeah, this keeps our show going and uh, keeps us uh, highly motivated to continue the good work that we do, which and consists we do, of... And we do not mind being middlemen in various feuds around the world. Not at all. Not at all. Even if it means watching Judge Gene. <laughs> That's pretty rough, man. That's uh, it is chapeau, chapeau bas for you. A couple of PR mentions. Uh, we have some forwards going to our noagendashow.com uh, website. Not quite sure how I should interpret these, but saltedpopcorn.co.uk, which I guess that might get some SEO juice somewhere. I'm not sure. Callthemidwife.co.uk. I guess someone's just dumping his domains. <laughs> Thanks, Kilmo. Well, I guess it's good. <laughs> so what are we going to do with these? Hey, give them to those guys. I'm not sure Forward. if I. I'm not sure if I like this one. Whitesforromney.com. <laughs> kind of uh, nefarious. And uh, I want to thank uh, our great producer who uh, downloaded all the HTML and zipped it up nicely for me, so I could put together Google Plus. Uh, 
that now um, gives you instructions on how you can place a no agenda logo uh, when someone mouses over your plus one button on your website, which is kind of cool. So it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're hitting back like at, the, at their own game. Yeah, I, I like it a lot, too. These credits, by the way, are executive producers and associate executive producers. It's a uh, it's just like Hollywood. There's no difference except, uh, you know, it actually pays for all of the programming, supports the show. Every single episode is brought to you by the producers, associate executive producers. And, of course, by all the other produ- uh, producers who we'll be thanking later on and the people who are on the lower uh, amounts, which is really important. The subscribers do. Yep, yeah, the subscribers. It uh, keeps us rolling. Highly important. And uh, even if you just uh, decide to listen and hang out and uh, maybe you can't afford it, there's always one thing you can do, and that is propagating our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And I will mention, because we always, uh, during our show post-mortem, we talk for about 15 minutes. Um, thank you again to all the artists. Uh, you can see it, uh, all the art for all the episodes at noagendaartgenerator.info. Um, but remember that uh, if you make really tiny letters in your art, uh, we re- almost can't use it. Because it shrinks down when we're using it on websites and in uh, the album art for the MP3 that we put out. And uh, it's, you just can't read it. Yeah, take a look at some of the other stuff. That, take a look at the stuff we use. Also, you should note that we're trying to avoid uh, uh, pieces that are just using stolen images, um, yeah, especially no, cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Cartoonists, I, I will mention this, cartoonists are the most sensitive of all the... And rightly so. Yeah, they're extremely uptight about people stealing their stuff, and they make a big fuss when they see it. So uh, we'd rather... You, can, you, you should be able to use Photoshop well enough to make your own or if you're going to take some you know some sort of a photo you should be able to swap heads or big put some i mean there's things you can do with photoshop and that's what we're hoping i'll tell you though people have no idea you know mickey was making something the other day she's really taken off with the photoshop and i said oh that's so cool you know she's uh putting in multiple images together so where'd you get that image uh from here and she goes to google images i said this is okay right no (laughs) <laughs> you know, people don't know you know it's like there's no education on this so no you can't really use that uh oh i thought it was just you know these are images just like a big bucket that uh that google just gives me yeah no no, no. you can take an image illegally uh that somebody else did and you can alter it enough to make it a parody or funny or you can do something use it for something some other purpose repurposing an image for humor in particular, is protected. Well, that well, that is exactly what our album art usually is. Uh, right. But if but you that, take it one for the, one, but taking no. a humorous piece of car, no. a, a humorous cartoon and putting it in our model just without doing anything to it, or it's no good. It's no good. You have to make. You have to take something. That, Don't do it. <laughs> stop doing it. I mean, they're funny. And we look at it every once in a while. There's a real gem in there, and that we unless never, you are the artist yourself, you know. Then yeah, if you're the artist, yeah, no problem. And yeah, then we'll blow you. Um, so all the talk, and it was very difficult. I had to turn off uh, um, the mainstream news because it just, you know, first of all, it's, it's like, oh, this bull crap about the 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 reality show. And as we know, we brought uh, Herman Cain back onto the island. Um, but the other talk is all about the 
Don't flute me, bro. That was a boat coming in. <laughs> Don't slide me, bro. Oh, it talks about the gas prices, the gas prices, the gas prices, oh, the gas prices, oh, the gas prices went up, the gas price. And um, this will be an Ask John in a moment. Uh, but first, why don't we ask little Timmy Geithner, uh, who will explain to it. Now, this is the guy who should know. I mean, you'd think that the Secretary of the Treasury of the United States of Gitmo Nation would understand uh, how uh, gas prices are put together. And, and what, what really, why are these things spiking so quickly? We're talking about a dollar in the United States of Gitmo, a dollar uh, increase in a month which is uh, ooh, about 33%. I love how that works. Uh, here's, uh, here's him sitting with uh, one of those CNBC dudes. I think what's happening in global oil markets now is you're seeing uh, two things work to push prices higher. The first is that growth is gradually getting stronger, not just in the United States, but around the world. <laughs> At least outside of Europe. That's making people more confident in the expansion, and that's. I feel confident in the expansion. Yeah, of my ass. Helping pushes price prices higher, but also you know Iran's doing some saber rattling, and that's causing a little uncertainty in that context. Oh, Iran's doing some saber rattling. Well, but hold on a second. He's actually going to not doing any no, saber not doing rattling. Any. We're rattling. We're rattling. We our, are. We're shaking our cock. Here, listen to what he says now. Those are the two main factors. Oh, main you know, factors. There's no quick fix to this. No short-term fix to this. You know, the best strategy for the country is to continue to make some long-term investments to expand production in the United States, to reduce our dependence on foreign oil, to encourage Americans to use more efficient, cleaner sources of energy, to encourage Americans to be more efficient in how they use energy. Those are the things over time we need to do, and we're making some progress in that direction. The other thing we can do is to try to make sure we're doing everything we can to lighten the burden on working families in the country. The payroll tax extension is very important in that context. Yeah, there you go. We, we just gave everybody 40 bucks a month extra. Let's wow. go take it from them. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? They can afford it now. Let's, ta- let's take that money from them. John, how are you being a former uh, oil executive? How are, uh, like gas- stooge, <laughs> how are gas prices at the pump actually determined? I've always wondered myself. <laughs> no, no, I you got to give me an answer, I man. <laughs> I, I, how they determine? They're determined. They're rigged, is how they're determined. Yes. Somebody's, <laughs> you know, the way I see it, they always do it by supply and demand. They got to move the gas. The thing about gasoline uh, in particular, as opposed to other kinds of commodities, is that these, these refineries are cranking out product and it, and it goes into a tanker and it gets run, run to a gas It's a continuous flow. If some if somewhere along the line the flow stopped, it would be gasoline spilling all over the places, you know, figuratively and actually. So you have to uh, what you do is you set it, you set the price based on how much product you can move through the system and get rid of it. In other words, put it in cars and burn it. And if it stops doing that, then you have to lower the prices to encourage people to drive more, which they, they will do. They'll drive less when the prices go up and the drive. So it right. kind of self-stabilizes. But I've always been under the impression that there is a fixed amount of gasoline that has to be used by all these commuters. Like my wife has to take Jay to school whether she likes it or not, she's going to have to use so much gasoline. So she has to pay the higher prices. And I think they're finally figuring out, I think they're always toying with the public and seeing exactly how much they can be gouged. That's, thank you. It's not done. That's all that it is. As a, as a margin thing. I mean, it's not like a, a, you know, you, you you stamp out a uh, CD and you're going to, you cost you a dollar to do it. So you add a dollar here and then the middleman gets a dollar and, you know, you have it all figured out. So it's always kind of a fixed price. 
you could do fixed price gasoline. It would be a couple bucks a gallon at the most, uh, and they would still be making tons of money. But they can gouge, yeah. and when you have the opportunity to gouge, do you it. Do it until do it. <laughs> people stop buying the gas, and then it starts flowing. And then they have to drop the price drastically. That's why you see the prices go. You know, they get way up to, and then all of a sudden they drop like a rock for no reason. Yeah, it's uh, it's you're right. It's just complete gouging, and we know that people got forty bucks a month extra. Let's go take it from them. Now everyone's jumping into this game, and I I just saw this hilarious report. On uh, ABC News, which, as we know, uh, ABC News is compromised as the president of ABC News. His sister is a uh, executive uh, advisor to uh, President Obama. So that that's a, a round robin. We got Stephanopoulos over there. The whole thing is compromised. Diane Sawyer, who if she would stop drinking would be awesome. But no, that's not going to happen. She leads into this report. And this is a great report. It's about the gas prices. And there's two things in here. First... There is a tip-off as to what is about to happen. Because, of course, the oil prices, which now is around, what, is 110 bucks? If you look at the, the real crude number, you know, people are, the number's all over. Oh, 125, 111. It's probably about 110, the actual crude that we're talking about. I can tell you what it is exactly in about one second. One. Uh, <laughs> hey. Hey, I have to type. Words matter. Okay, in a couple of seconds, in a few seconds, how's that? All right, the current price as we speak of oil is 109.62. One about 110 as I said. Okay. Here's a guy who pops in with a real quick quote. They just cut him in for a second. And he is I don't know if he of course it's intentional. He is giving us the plan and telling us why oil prices will spike dramatically. In the very near future, and then I will stop the clip as we listen for uh, eight. So that ABC News, of course, has to make some money on this report. Listen to this: a morning jolt for New Jersey drivers today. Prices along the state tollways jump. There it is, eleven cents a gallon overnight. There goes all my money. I love that guy. By the way, there goes my money. There goes my money. I got my forty buck, and they took my forty buck away. Nationwide, AAA today reported regular at three dollars eighty-five cents. Another four cent jump over last week. A full dollar over last year. The highest prices in California today, according to Gas Buddy, four ninety nine outside Yosemite National Park. The lowest prices in Wyoming, three dollars twenty seven cents in Casper. And according to experts, six dollar gas is a real possibility this summer. Six dollar gas is probably one well placed hurricane and one tiny little bit of supply disruption away. <laughs> Crank up the weather modification. Turn on your harps. We only need one hurricane. I can't. I'm like, wow. The guy just gave us the script right there. It's just like, uh, okay, we just need one hurricane. Now, ABC, of course, you know, it, there's got to be a quid pro quo. We're not just going to let you, you know, you know, manipulate our viewers and give them your script. We've got to make some money out of the bargain. So where are we going to take this story? Some are already cutting back on the amount of gas they're buying. Six weeks in a row, consumption is down. A new ABC News Washington Post poll reports 71% say gas prices are causing them financial hardship. And with $6 gas a real possibility by summer, the Nissan Leaf, named World Car of the Year, the first all-electric family car, is selling faster than they can be made. 
And then the report goes into him driving the car. You know, that's a great catch. The nerve of these people. It's but the the whole report is about the car. Entertainment Tonight with their, you know, constantly plugging something. The Nissan Leaf. It just kept on going. They wouldn't stop. It was like two more minutes about the Nissan Leaf. Oh, it's great. They can't make them fast enough. I tell you. (laughs) You know, let me. You know, when you run out of gas in your car, and I've had this happen. I ran out of gas once in the Lincoln Tunnel. And uh, that, by oh, the way, on did? a Friday afternoon. Did they ever tell you this uh, story? You must have been had no, bad no. vibes that still exist I, hanging over your head. Shall I tell you the whole story? It, it, it's hilarious. So these were the days. I had a 1972, no wait, 1982 Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow 2, which I bought secondhand. Beautiful, uh, British racing green, you know, great car. I drove it into New York every single day. I drove 80,000 miles I put on that car. And, of course, it's ridiculous. You know, I, I think I paid 70 grand for it at the time when I had money. <laughs> Boy, I, I, good old days. And um, so I'm uh, coming out of New York on a Friday afternoon. You have to understand that in New York, and this is MTV days, uh, Friday afternoons, the Lincoln Tunnel is jammed. Because, of course, uh, the uh, the Jewish population of New York all tries to get out around 3 o'clock in the afternoon to get home in time for, uh, uh, for well, the weekend. Out to the Hamptons and uh, out of town. Well, the Hamptons is not through the Lincoln Tunnel. Uh, oh, you're right. It's the other way. Right. But but basically, all tunnels and bridges are jammed. And so yeah. I'm like... and there's they're a, going to, Yeah, they're going to Jersey, Jersey to go home. Yeah. No, Jersey Shore. So, and I know there's a, a gas station on the other side, on the Jersey side. I'm like, I can make this. I can make this. Oh, and it conks out in the Lincoln Tunnel on a yeah. Friday afternoon. I'm wearing my MTV guy leather jacket, my big Adam Curry hair. Let me tell you. you. You're the douchebag of the day. <laughs> Did they run a story about this? <laughs> they threw stuff at me. People were throwing their paper cups. Like, you a-hole, MTV douchebag. <laughs> and they, and then because they literally have to close off one um, one lane, and then the truck has to come through to push the car backwards, out. Yeah, and well, actually, they come out front frontwards and turn around. No, no, which also no, no. They put they push me up. towards the Jersey side, so they push me all the way out. But I uh, never again. And that's also when I decided fancy looking cars is not good. It's just you can't win. It draws attention to it you. Never got me laid either. I'll tell you that. Really? No. You never got laid in the Rolls Royce? No. So no. you just some straight, you know, wait, let me get this straight. So you're the guy with the big hair, you're working for MTV, and you've got a Rolls Royce, and you're drawing attention to yourself every time you can, and you're in New York with the home of the round-heeled women, and you never got laid. No, I was a it very... It must have been a negative vibe. That was an artifact or something you had there. I'm also a very faithful guy, so I wasn't looking. Yeah, but someone should have thrown themselves at you. <laughs> yeah, if only. <laughs> yeah, no no such luck. Huh. Anyway, um, so a lot going on uh, in the world, and uh, I've had my eye on Lucifer. That's uh, Hillary Clinton to you. But I call her Lucifer because she is truly the embodiment of evil. And, of course, we had this Friends of Syria thing, and uh, we'll get into that in a moment. Which, Wish we had that, that laugh as a standard clip. Uh, that laugh. The, laughing. Well, I have the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the Michelle Obama laugh. Yeah, well, there, <laughs> I have that one. But it's another one. Yeah, that's anyway, not, go on. That's go not on the with the one. Story. That's not the one you want. You don't need to laugh. Uh, 
I'm sure this isn't funny. No, it's not really because, you know, I just started paying attention to what was really being said. Now, before she went to uh, Tunisia, which is also significant that this Friends of Syria uh, took place in Tunisia, Tunis, is she was uh, in London at the Somalia conference. Now, Somalia is very interesting. Uh, now, most people, I would have to say, don't care. Because, uh, you know, like, hey, a bunch of spear chuckers there. I don't care about Somalia. What if, who cares? I would like to remind you that President Bill Clinton failed miserably at trying to ruin Somalia. Uh, or let's just say, take it over. Remember uh, Black Hawk Down. This is the famous uh, Mogadishu, yeah, Mogadishu uh, failure. Yeah, the failure. Episode. The failure. Uh, so all of a sudden there's like a Somalia conference. I'm like, why, why do we all of us, why is Somalia so important? So let's uh, listen to, uh, to Lucifer as she uh, gives her initial little uh, speech here at the Somalia conference. Uh, I'll begin with Somalia. Uh, today's conference coincided with the halfway point uh, of the roadmap to end the transition in Somalia, which sound familiar and this transition and all this stuff spells out the steps for building a stable government after decades of erratic rule and after my hubby failed. On August 20th of 2012, the transitional federal government's mandate expires. And the international community has been clear that we do not support another extension. It is time to move forward to a more stable and unified era for the Somali people. Today, the international community and Somali political leaders discussed what needs to happen next. In particular, the steps Somalis themselves agreed to in December, convening an assembly to approve a constitution, forming a new parliament and electing a president and speaker. Boy, this sounds very familiar, doesn't it? All of this uh, kind of like Arab Spring type deal. with, the, And this is East Africa, by the way. This is not uh, North Africa. This is East Africa. So something must be up. We also addressed the security dimension from piracy to al-Shabaab. Oh. We must all keep al-Shabaab on the run. That means making additional financial and training contributions to AMISOM, as the United States uh, continues to do, and implementing the Security Council's ban on imports of Somali charcoal. Al-Shabaab's announcement recently... I want you to tell me what she said. She said something... Ban imports Am of Somali... No, Amazon and, and Somali, what was that... What was that organization she said? I couldn't oh, get oh, it. Uh, Amazon. Oh, I'm glad you asked. That is, uh, here it is. It is Amazon, A-M-I-S-O-M. That is the African Union Mission in Somalia. Sounds like a bunch of religious guys, but no. It's the regional peacekeeping mission operated by the African Union with approval of the United Nations in Somalia. A-M-I-Z-O-N? M-I-S-O-M. Amazon. Amazon. They support A-M-I-S-O-N. Yeah, you can look it up on the Book of Knowledge. But then also, okay. very important what she said here. Listen to this. Bob's announcement recently that it has joined Al-Qaeda proves yet again it is not on the side of peace, stability, or the Somali people. Okay, so remember we had that press release where we had a reverse merger of Al-Shabaab uh, and the Al-Qaeda. <laughs> merger, yeah. Al-Qaeda, a publicly listed company. So that, of course, is the scam. Now, Al-Shabaab, and, and I really spent a lot of time reading about Somalia. This is very similar to Taliban. 
Um, and, you know, Somalia, is, it's not like, uh, by the way, it's a beautiful countryside. And uh, it's great, great, tour- great views, great views in Somalia. Um, it's tribal. So there's all kinds of tribes running around. You know, it's not really a place that has democracy in its culture or in its history, per se. And a lot of uh, people have been in there, taken over, doing things. And so now we have Amazon in there. And, uh, of course, because we need to take over. And why? Because we found some oil and some gas that is beyond belief. Now, no. if you look Gee. at now, let's huh. look at now. Let's look at Somalia. So, hold on a minute. Let me get off the floor because <laughs> I'm so stunned let me, that something like this would boil down to the same old, same old. Let, now, uh, let me uh, look at the map now. Uh, and if you look at Somali or Somaliland, you will see a little country right there on the uh, northern. Talked about that little country before. Djibouti. Yeah, Djibouti. How, how big is your Djibouti? Yeah. And what is in Djibouti? Our drone airbase is in Djibouti. Right. So I'm like, huh, hold on a second. South Sudan, Ethiopia just signed an accord for the Djibouti oil pipeline. How convenient is that? I never heard of Djibouti in my life before uh, all of a sudden we had a drone airbase there. And. Somalia is promising oil riches, riches, I tell you, to the West. In fact, from The Guardian, Britain leads the dash to explore for oil in war-torn Somalia. David Cameron last week hosted an international conference, this is where she was, on Somalia pledging more aid, financial help, and measures to tackle terrorism. So we have uh, successfully... And, I'll, and one of the companies who's uh, drilling for oil and gas, and of course, wherever there's gas, there's oil, is Anadarko Petroleum Corporation. And this is a very interesting company. Uh, they're, they're off the coast of, they're actually uh, a little higher, they're Mozambique, but it's all the same, the same region. And if you look at the board of directors, we find there a brand new addition, Kevin P. Chilton. Does his name ring a bell? Uh, no. This is the guy who recently retired as commander of the United States Strategic Command. Oh. Mm. He was, uh, remember there was the guy who was part of the d- department that he did the cyberspace operations and everything. He served in the U.S. Air Force for more than 34 years in a wide variety of assignments, including pilots, test pilot, instructors, astronauts, blah, 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 blah. So this is the company to watch. And they... Uh, I have a quote here. Um, Texas-based oil company Anadarko announced they had tapped a giant reservoir of natural gas off the coast of Mozambique. So this is all connected because it goes all the way down. Anadarko's find went off like a bomb in Houston, says a, uh, a local source. It was, wow, we are finding large quantities of gas, and that means we have hydrocarbons in the area. Once you have a discovery, more people are going to go in there. So... In the whole plan to use real guns and government military to continue to exploit corporations, uh, for corporations to exploit all of this, we have to make up the boogeyman, which, of course, in this case is Al-Shabaab. We sent out a press release you know, on PR Newswire, say that they've done a reverse merger into Al-Qaeda. So now the terrorists, 
And uh, then we set up the, the drone base. And I start looking around, and I see all these uh, job uh, offers. UAV flight crew operators for uh, oil and gas exploration. Turns out, <laughs> and I got some pretty good documents in the show notes at 386.nashownotes.com, drones are very useful for exploring for gas and oil because you can put sensors on these things and all kinds of stuff. So it's beautiful that we happen to just have a drone base nearby, isn't it? Fantastic. Very convenient. Very convenient. So uh, Lucifer continues on her little uh, talk here. And then we have a guy in the audience, and you can hear by her reaction that uh, he was not supposed to be there or ask this question. And he's, uh, <laughs> he's you can even hear her go, uh-huh. <laughs> like someone's ass is going to get kicked over having this guy in the audience. This is the Q&A session from that speech. Secretary of State, thank you very much. You just indicated your speech that the Somali will inform their own parliament and choose president as well as the speaker of parliament and then will be appointed by prime ministers. And, you know, Somalis are sick and tired of a political representative that has been selected rather than by elected by Somali people. So would that mean a business as usual, another years of anarchy and chaos in Somalia? I love this guy. Would that mean business as usual as years of anarchy and chaos after you put a puppet in there? Hey, hey, Hillary, Lucifer, is that what is that what is that what this means? Because there will be a government that has not have a trust and confidence and support of people. Second thing and U.S. policy toward Somalia was a dual track policy, which most of Somalis see this another way of integrating, sorry, uh, dividing the country and undermining the uh, TFG or maybe emerging government. Would that policy will be still in place after post 2000, August 2012? And my final question is: Will you support that strike? in Al-Shabaab controlled area and will you please guarantee <laughs> that there will not be a civilian casualty hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I love that hmm. 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 what is he doing here who let this guy in huh. hmm. I don't need this hmm. so uh, let's hear a little bit of her uh, answer in Somalia. Well, thank you well first the roadmap. Uh, the roadmap. This is so great. The roadmap. I mean, the way we're going to push you. Calls for elections. Uh-huh. It calls for... Not what the Somali people want. It's our roadmap. For a new parliament to be formed that is much smaller, but more representative than the large, unwieldy body that exists now. You know, that crazy thing you've had for centuries, you know, before... <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, stinks. That's, that's no good. That's not the way we want to do it. Uh, but legitimacy comes through elections. Oh, so yeah. it is... Yeah, just like uh, the United States of America. We know how to do this stuff. Our intention to uh, support uh, very strongly uh, the drafting of a constitution that... Wait, so they're going to write the constitution? ...takes into account the interests of all Somalis, not from one region, one clan, one sub-clan, but all Somalis. That it also is our intention, intention. Uh, to see this constitution uh, adopted uh, through uh, a uh, drone strikes, a vote of the representatives of the people. We have no doubt that 
structured properly, the right kind of constitution, the right set of elections, the right people being elected. The right one. It has to be the right one, John. It yeah, can't it has be, to be the right one. It has to be the right one. Well, that's uh, we'll away. put Somalia on a much more secure path forward. Now, let's uh, just listen to her briefly about uh, airstrikes. You know, we, the guy's talking about drones. Now, regarding your last question, I think that uh, the uh, Amazon forces... Uh, the- Am- so it's forces now. Wait a minute. Let me just go back and read the Book of Knowledge on Amazon. It is a regional peacekeeping mission operated by the African Union with approval of the United Nations. They have forces, apparently. The TFG forces. Uh, TFG is the, uh, the transitional council of uh, Somalia, it's just, you know, a board of shills. Uh, the Ethiopian forces, others, uh, the Kenyans who will be uh, integrated into the Amazon uh, forces <laughs> oh, are doing uh, a very good job. Yes. We see a lot of uh, progress on the ground. I, I am not a military uh, strategist. Oh, really now? But uh, I think I know enough to say airstrikes would not be a good idea. And uh, we have absolutely no uh, uh, reason to believe anyone, certainly not the United States, anyone is considering that. The progress that is being made on the ground by the forces who are trying to free, free. Somalia from the grip of al-Shabaab <laughs> the grip. Uh, has to continue. <laughs> yeah, okay, so let's look at some real news. Uh, witnesses say a drone crashed in a refugee camp in the Somali capital. Drones being used by the U.S. to attack and observe Shabab, the Al-Qaeda-linked group. Navy SEALs now in Somalia. She's such a freaking liar. <laughs> she is such a liar. And Somalia land is, is a, going to be a huge boom. Now, We've got a couple of, uh, you know, it's interesting that we have Djibouti there because from Djibouti we can uh, basically cross the, uh, the and this is all Sea of Aden, you know, so where I thought this, uh, the Stargate was going to open up and fish would pop out, a, a big blob of oil and gas is popping out. That's what's happening over there. And we are all over this and Hillary Clinton is ensuring Ensuring that we take what what Bill couldn't do, that stupid loser, while he was screwing with that damn fat intern. That's how she's thinking. I'm going to show him how it's done. Watch me now. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I start. I think you might be around. I think that might actually be it. Oh, yeah. And so I start looking around. showing him up. So I start looking around. And this Anadarko company, all East Africa, Houston based. Now, I can't make a connection between Anadarko and. And the Clintons. Uh, I'm sure it's there. Let me read one thing because I've been looking at these guys. You got to have a link to the board of directors. This is a who's who. Listen to the guy who's the chairman of the board and the CEO. Just his last paragraph. Haskett. Former chairman of America. Yeah, it's Hackett. Hackett, yeah. Uh, Former chairman of America's Natural Gas Alliance. Former chairman of the board of the Federal Reserve of Dallas. Board of American Petroleum Institute. National Petroleum Council. A company called Boonge and Floor. We know Floor. He was a former chairman and now board member of the Houston Grand Opera, the Welch Foundation for Chemistry, the Business Roundtable, and the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> I'd have sex with him. <laughs> so, so these companies, they do what's called an earnings conference call. Now, if you thought C-SPAN was boring, then, oh, yeah. then although... These are really bad. These are really bad, but sometimes it's hilarious. 
especially because what happens is the company will make a statement and um, and then they'll take questions and it's all controlled and they have their shills. But then there's always a couple of the, and they're all analysts and there's all and I've been in these and there's always some guy from some analyst that's following your company, your stock, and he'll have some a hole question. You know, and and you, and, you, and and on the conference call, everyone at the company is like, "Oh, there's that douchebag again." Oh God, here he comes! Oh, shut him up! But you got your own shills, and it's all scripted, and you have the right guys coming with the right questions. Now they're talking about natural gas, and if you want to know how bad it is, how these elites don't give a crap about you, you've got. I have a little clip here from um, a question about their gas exploration. Now, what is the problem with natural gas at the moment? The problem is it's too cheap. It's There's too, too che- much of it being found every which way, and including the uh, frank- frackers. Right. That's the uh, miscellaneous uh, shale oil. Uh, miscellaneous shale, I think, is what it's... Is that the word miscellaneous? Well, we'll hear it in a second. So that is the real problem, although, it's, of course, it's beautiful because, let's face it, I mean, we could have really cheap energy prices. Uh, we could run our cars on gas. Gas is a, it's a great answer. It's I believe it's much cleaner than uh, than oil. Is it not, John? Uh, it uh, burns very clean, and it also actually for the amount of energy. It, 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 and I've never looked at the the calculation for this, but I'm assured that it actually gives us off less CO two uh, per BTU. Now, what is the current price per mega BTU? I think it's uh, like two dollars and fifty cents, something like that. I it's, think it's, even, it's under it's, three. Yeah, it's about two forty, I right. believe. Last time I looked, it's so, way down there. So we need to jack this up. And how how do you uh, change? Finding more of it sure ain't going to help. No, but if you find more of it, then what do you need to do to the competition? Well, you'd have to blow up their we, pipelines, of course. Oh blow- yeah, well, we we'll see that going on. Right. So let's listen to the so pipeline wars would be yes. just like the telegraph wars in the 1860s. Yes, it is. So here the question is, hey, man, uh, how come you guys aren't aren't uh, doing all that? Uh, have you basically stopped with your fracking operations? But, you know, I just need to know. It's an analyst. He wants to know. And, uh, you know, at what price point? Of gas, and, and this was for the Andarco Petroleum Andar- Corporation. Yeah, Andarco Petroleum okay. Corporation. At what price point of gas can you actually afford to frack it out of the ground? That's basically the question. And then, in some of the earlier questions, you, you kind of talked around. This is an analyst. Well, independent of need gas prices to be higher, Marcella Shale be great if gas prices were higher. Can when you think about capital allocation, can you talk to what gas price it would take? Given okay, so let me just, he's talking about cat. So he's talking about when talk when when it comes to where you're going to put your money as a company, at what price does gas have to be per mega BTU in order for you to to do the miscellaneous oil uh, gas? All the opportunities you have in your portfolio uh, for you to allocate more capital to some of the drier gas drilling in the Marcellus and the Haynesville and Independence Hub or, or, or other parts of your onshore portfolio. Higher. <laughs> just has to be higher <laughs> i guess worse um, brian this is al it just you know it, it's you know it's, i think as you can probably appreciate it's very basin specific it's place specific the types of things we need to see in gas price for drilling a deep water well in the gulf of mexico to produce through independent sub would be very different for uh the same economic equation in the marcellus also, gas price discoveries, we're continuing to see that, you know, basis is changing in the Marcellus from where it used to be relative to Henry Hub. 
So I, I think we're monitoring those pretty darn closely. I think today, uh, like many of our industry peers, and certainly you've heard us talk in the past, we are moving more towards oily and liquids-rich opportunities. Yeah, like um, uh, Mozambique. Uh, in order to be able to survive a sub-$3 gas world. Uh, it's not attractive, and I, I, I challenge very many places uh, to be able to explain how you get positive wellhead economics at sub-$3. So uh, the answer is just simply higher, it's going to be better, but it's very based and very place-specific. And I think in our case, uh, given the portfolio that we've got and the ability to move capital around and not be dependent upon one or two types of plays or uh, being overly dependent upon natural gas as a, as a hydrocarbon uh, product, uh, you can see in our results that we've been trying where we can to move to more liquids and more oil opportunities, and I think you should just expect that will continue to occur, and hopefully at some point industry uh, will start to see some balance between supply and demand, and peel move back up the curve. Hello, Lucifer. Can you blow up some pipelines? Because we, we, can't, we can't do this, man. We can't do this with the sub-$3 gas price. You can't do that. you got to jack that up. So if you look at their board of directors, you know that something's going to happen. And they're already working very hard on it, particularly in Syria. So this is all interconnected. And, of course, the, uh, the connector is Lucifer Clinton. She is all over this. So, um, oh, by the way, um, just as a little joke... Uh, I found uh, someone pointed me towards this website, geocommons.com. Don't go to that. I want you to go to uh, set up a website so you can see the map. Uh, geocommons.com is very cool because you could take data sets, and I haven't had enough time to play with it, but there's some existing data sets, and you can basically mash up things together, and they have a lot of interesting data sets. For instance, wouldn't it be fun to look at the... Uh, an overlay of the pipeline in uh, Iraq in 2008 and drone strikes carried out by the Bush administration. So if you go to bushdrones.pipelines.curry.com Ooh, I just got a, an error. That's not good. Why did that happen? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Hmm. I got Bush draw plural. Yeah. I got a. Now hold on a second. For some reason, it didn't work. What happened? Oh, I see. Hold on a second. Is Bush drones dot pipeline or pipelines? Hold on, I, I got to put a JPEG behind that. Here we go. Let's hmm. try it again. Uh, Bush drones dot pipelines dot curry dot com. Hmm. Doesn't seem to be working now. I don't hear that many. I got a Dropbox four hundred four here audited things here mm. i just get an index of oh no it's not connecting no you're not doing it right bush pipeline oh hold on a second i see what the problem is <laughs> fail <laughs> anyway ah crap the effect is gone I'll, I'll fix that later you have the uh the drawing of that yeah thing i, that I think it was supposed to confuse the borg <laughs> no it's the I, I messed that up. Hold on a second. Oh, that's Dropbox. Yeah, that's a drop. I think I think it'll be fixed in a second here. Oh, okay. Hit it again. Uh, well, it's already. Bushdrones.pipelines.curry.com. 
Okay. Hit it again. It works now. I'm hitting. So you see the pipeline uh, going through the Middle East there. And you see the drone strikes right on the pipeline all the, all the way up to Lebanon. I'm not getting anything. Okay. Well, anyway, it's there. Well, that is pretty funny. So this and I, and this is only. So this is what this is apparently what Obama was never clued in on, and he's just using drones to actually kill kill combatants. Well, so but that's why Hillary is stepping in, and who runs the drones? You see, all of the U.S. military is saying, "Hey, man, you know we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, you know we don't need, don't need to attack Iran. They've got no bomb. I don't think we should go into Syria." Front page headline in New York Times. All American agencies, all intelligence agencies say there's nothing going on in Iran. Stop talking about it. Right. But who runs the drones? The CIA runs the drones. So and the the title of our previous episode was CIA versus NIA. DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency. And that is exactly what's going on here. Because we have a great war machine. We can go kick anyone's ass anywhere. (laughs) F yeah, that's us. And what we're trained to do is to guard pipelines, kill people along the pipelines. But, you know, it's like there's got to be some proper incentive and we've got to have the right idea behind it. And it's very hard. And so the Obama administration is just saying, screw that. We've got the CIA. Just send your drones in there. And, and you know, we don't need any Somalia. No problem. Well, hey, you guys and Darko, no problem. We'll take care of you. Now we have the friends of Syria. Lucifer. If the Assad regime refuses to allow this life-saving aid to reach people in need, it will have even more blood on its hands. That's right. And so, too, will those nations that continue to protect and arm the regime. Yeah, you're bad, you're evil Russia and China. Now here's Obama. It's absolutely imperative for the international community to rally and send a clear message to President Assad that it is time for a transition, it is time for uh, that regime to move on, and it is time to stop uh, the killing of Syrian citizens by their own government. So this, of course, is all intended to do a couple of things, Uh, but this is all about uh, stopping and blocking Russia from using Syria as an extension of their Blue Stream pipeline, the Blue Stream 2. Well, the question is, because I think you can interpret this in a couple of different ways, but is it the is, who is blowing up the Homs Homs pipeline? Is it is it Assad's people no, or is no. it other people? No, it's the, it's uh, CIA operatives, which is uh, we'd call them Al Qaeda. Uh, they are coming in. They are blowing it up. See, we want the airstrikes. We want to go and blow all that stuff up because Russia, uh, they tried to put together, you know, the uh, the pipeline that would all go through Turkey. And Turkey is not a good player. Turkey is, you know, Turkey is arrogant. Let's put it that way. And no one really wants to be reliant upon Turkey. And now that we have, because if you look at where Syria is, I mean, Syria is right there on the same level as Cyprus. Cyprus has that Leviathan uh, oil field. So we don't want Russia sending uh, uh, the gas out through Syria, but we certainly don't wanting don't want them to import that in. And this is where this is where the big aha moment came because Russia uh, was involved with the IPI. And this is the uh, Iran, Pakistan, India pipeline, also known as the peace 
pipeline. How funny is that? Yeah. Okay. Have you heard of this thing? The no, I- not, no, not in any, to any degree that I'm going to hear about it now. Yes. So the IPI, um, this really started many, many years ago. And it was completely backed by the Russians. Uh, the gas coming from, here it comes, Turkmenistan. Now, you have to know that Turkmenistan is where they have, the, the, outside of Leviathan, they have the mother load of natural gas. And Iran wanted, to, and if you look, you got to look at the map to understand all this stuff. Iran wanted to uh, pipeline this through, through uh, Pakistan into India. You have, you know, India and uh, Pakistan kind of neighbors. And this is why Pakistan is very important. Now, the United States, and this includes Bill Clinton, Bush, Hillary, Lucifer Clinton, they backed the TAPI pipeline. This is the Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India pipeline. Also known as the 21st century Silk Road. Does this ring a bell at all, John? It's interesting. Let's listen to uh, Ambassador Susan Rice. This is from episode 344 of the No Agenda Show. Stand moves towards the 2014 transition. We know that government alone cannot grow Af- Afghanistan's economy. So we must all continue to work to create an environment that attracts private sector investment. Last week, Foreign Minister Rasul, German Foreign Minister Vestervel, and Secretary of State Clinton met with 27 of Afghanistan's neighbors and partners to advance their shared vision of a new Silk Road. Oh, really? The new Silk Road. This new Silk Road, I'm going to give you some more interesting names, is planned to be built along the Herat-Kandahar Highway across western and southern Afghanistan. And this has to cross through a very important... uh, region in Pakistan known as, and you're going to see this in the news, put it in the red book right now, Balochistan. (laughs) I love these names. Balochistan. B-A-L-O-C-H-I-S-T-A-N. Balochistan. And it's really important that Balochistan is under control. So you watch, there'll be some kind of new terror group in Balochistan, and who's going to go in there? This is in Pakistan, by the way, Balochistan. We're going to have troops in there because, you know, they're killing the people of Balochistan. This is, this is the pipeline, the TAPI. This is the pipeline that we went, the Unical pipeline, I should Yeah, the out. one that goes way back before anything happened. This is why it all before happened. 9-11, this actually. Is, this is why 9-11 happened, or at least 9-11 was used as the uh, catalyst to get this going. Now, here's where there's, there's a little... A little Kink in the cable, Gwadar. You got to get a map. People who are listening to this, you have to look this up. Gwadar is very key. This is a, a port that was built by China, the Chiners. And how do you spell that? G W A D A R. Okay. So this is a key point. In the diff- in the uh, in the planning of the IPI, the peace pipeline versus the TAPI, so Gwadar cannot fall into the wrong hands. 
Gwadar is where the pipeline goes, that Iranian pipeline goes right through there. Exactly. Exactly. So who runs all the big gas companies in Turkmenistan? Uh, This blew me away. I didn't understand this. Well, you'd think Gazprom, but apparently not. No. It is run by, I'm just looking here in my show notes, by an outfit called, uh, where is it here? It's run by Yusuf A. Maimon, and it is the Maghreb group of companies. Yusuf A. Maimon is a U.S.-educated Israeli, and he owns 30% of all the Egyptian gas, which is now, of course, not coming into uh, Israel because all the pipelines were blown up. And he has no part in the uh, Leviathan oil field. How do you spell that? What? Maghreb. M-A-G-R-E-V. I think it is. Let me just check. Uh, The book of knowledge doesn't care for that. Maybe I'm I'm saying it wrong. Hold on a second. I have the guy here. Um, What's the guy's name? Maimon, M-A-I-M-A-N. M-A-I-M-A-N. So now Iraq, Iran, and Syria, just a couple months ago, signed a $10 billion gas deal, which involves the construction of a 5,000-kilometer pipeline to transfer Iran's gas from the South Par gas field to Europe via Iraq, Syria, Lebanon and the Mediterranean. So we're seeing the real war is about whose gas is going to who with the two big kahunas being India on one hand and Europe on the other hand. And this is what this is all about. I I don't even think it's about the gas. It's about the transmission. Yeah, yeah, the pipelines. Yeah, it's about the transmission because it's very good. We know that there's no money in the gas at all. But the price goes up. Whether if you, A, have less gas, which we don't, so we have too much gas, at least to make money off of it, so then it comes down to the transport. You don't want to put this thing on ships. It doesn't work that way. You've got to have pipelines. So this is why uh, Pakistan is our buddy. This is why, because of the TAPI, and this is why thousands of people, what hundreds of thousands of people have died is over this idiotic business which, if we were all just kind of nice, would be, you know we could figure it all out. We could do business with each other. Instead, we have to we have to all go and fight and kill each other. So keep your eye on the TAPI and the warring factions in Israel itself about who's going to transport what gas where, and this is why the Russians they really want Syria. They really want it because they they can. Uh, try and claim some of that uh, Leviathan, but they can also just bypass. It's much shorter to go. It's shorter to go from Syria to Cyprus. And there's a whole bunch of different uh, pipelines in the planning. Um, but Balochistan is uh, where you're going to see the, uh, see the next uh, Al-Shabaab, Al-Qaeda terrorist group. So we can go in there and we can uh, keep the pipeline safe. 
And this is all in just in the past few months, John, where India has said, oh, okay, we're not going to be a part of the peace pipeline. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll just become a part of the, uh, uh, of the TAPI, the Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India pipeline. Who does that cut out? It cuts, it cuts out Iran. It's perfect. And a lot of this, of course, leads right back to Switzerland. Right back to our buddy Mark Rich. <laughs> Crazy enough. So I was blown away when I start. When you really look at the map, and I've uh, I've made a couple more maps. It's all in the show notes. Three eight six dot na show notes dot com. Uh, and you'll see uh, I've set up a pipelines.curry.com. For some reason, that Bush drones didn't work. But if you go to oil.pipelines.curry.com, there you can already see all of the oil pipelines. I'm still working on the gas pipelines. But it's just, it's unbelievable that where all these American soldiers, international coalition, but mainly American soldiers have died, is along the new Silk Road. It's it, that's where it is. It's all it's all about the pipeline. And in order for the CIA to protect the pipeline with their drones, we take the poppies, sell the drugs, take that money and finance the CIA. It's a perfect scam. Well, you got me. I didn't I know about any, this. I guess any flaws in this logic. No. Well, the flaw is, uh, let me think. People like Lucifer Hillary Clinton don't give a crap about people, and they'll kill anyone in the process. And the crazy thing is, when you can get the military in, you know, who's the number one user of petroleum-based products in the United States? The military. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, it's like, hey, we got to go uh, protect that, and we, and we send our number one customer in. It's, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. And all we have to do to fleece the American public is come up with some kind of bullcrap terror scheme, and we just keep merging them in. So now uh, Taliban is Al-Qaeda. Al-Shabaab is now Al-Qaeda. Who else is going to be Al-Qaeda? It's all Al-Qaeda. They're all terrorists. Everyone is a terrorist. And that, that warrants the use of force to go and play our games. And Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and George Bush Sr. and Jr., they're running a lot of it. Because so all the- did, did you see the latest reports about sexual assaults in Syria by the <laughs> soldiers? Did you get that one? <laughs> Do you have a clip? <laughs> no, I, I got to get a clip. I got. I was on the radio and I was driving around in my car, but it was oh. like, it was the exact same. same. Script. They don't even, they're so insulting, they don't even bother to change the playbook. They don't even try. It worked before. Why won't it work again? I can just see the meeting. No, it worked before. Nobody said anything about I'm sorry, it. it. It's the Merhav group of companies m-e-r-h-a-v merhav merhav group mike echo romeo hotel alpha victor merhav don't look at their website because that's not going to help you anything and so it's an israeli guy u.s educated cornell uh who owns basically owns all of turkmenistan's processing and uh, and pipe pumpage Oh, here we go. U.S. Congressman denies CIA behind Balochis. Oh, there's a a resolution. Here we go. (laughs) Oh, just hot off the wire. I hadn't even said it, and already it's coming through. Well, check this out. Uh, The purpose is that we have a resolution by House Foreign Affairs Committee member Dana Rohrbacher from California. Surprise. 
who launched a congressional resolution calling for self-determination for Balochistan. Uh-huh. The purpose of the resolution is to create much-needed dialogue about Pakistan and Balochistan, and that's what is done. So that's very nice. <laughs> oh, boy. Fantastic. Balochistan. And don't forget Tajikistan. Now, it's hard for us to think about all these names because it's like, whatever. But if you look at the map and you see where all this stuff is placed, it makes so much sense. All of a sudden, the world just... And so everything you see, particularly if Hillary Clinton's involved, you know that it's benefiting some oil or gas company somewhere. And, we're, and, and, and our kids, our boys and girls, are being sent off to the sand to die for this. Now, granted, you can look at it two ways. You can say that's horrible. Or you can say she's doing her job extremely well, which is to represent the interests of the United States. It just depends on what side of the coin you're on. Well, the question is, is she representing the interests of the United States? If you're on the right side, which would be that side you just described, does it mean she's actually representing the interests of the United States when we're uh, right now we're under uh, heavy scrutiny by the TSA. Well, who is the United States? These, Excuse me. Excuse me. Laws Excuse me. That, that never end. The United States is the corporations. The United States is not we the people. Well, that's you have to say that it's a different group. It's not the people. It is a few kind of hidden interests. Hidden? It's not, a, it's it's not, not even hidden. Thing. It's not even hidden. You just have to look at the map to understand well, it's, it. It's hidden from the public thanks to the media. Yes. It's hidden. It's I, hid- I mean, I don't care what you say. It's hidden. Yeah. Okay. It's hidden in plain view. Let's put it that way. Hidden in plain view. Plain sight. Yes, plain sight. So we have... Uh, so apparently Rohrbacher is the... Uh, in the... Foreign Affairs Subcommittee on Oversight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy, I've, his name's cropped up before. He's obviously a uh, stooge to some operation. He's out of Manhattan, uh, Huntington Beach. Now, who, who is the, the, right now the big supplier to India when it comes to natural gas? Well, I would think it'd be Russia. Iran. Oh, okay, so through, through that pipeline. Yes. The one that runs through uh, Baluchistan. Which we're now trying to trying to have a revolution so you can cut that pipeline off. Are you with me? And then as Rabbaman, of course, the people or the rebels or the Al Shabab or the Al Qaeda. Yeah, those in guys. Baluchistan, we just happened to hit that pipeline with a couple of oops, couple of- oops, sorry. <laughs> in January 2010, the United States asked Pakistan to abandon the uh, IPI, the peace pipeline peace pipeline and do you remember uh remember we had um i mean we've had so many uh different uh, secretaries of defense and uh, who was the other guy who was it that said to to afghanistan will bomb you back to the stone age wasn't that armitage i thought it was i thought that was actually uh what's his name uh was that rummy yeah i was thinking it was yeah rummy right so that's, but that's how we do it. And then you go to Pakistan and say, look, we're going to give you uh, $5 billion a year 
And uh, for you to uh, fight these a-holes who are uh, trying to build a competing pipeline, protect our pipeline, and, you know, and that becomes income. So if, you're, so if someone said to me, Adam, I want you to make sure there's no coyotes here up here uh, on the hill. Uh, you got to shoot them. Here's uh, $5,000 a year. What am I going to do at the end of that year? Oh, man. Hard to keep the coyotes out. <laughs> I, I need, I need, I need some more. I need some more money. I got to keep going because these coyotes, man, they keep coming, and that's what this is. And who's paying for that? Exactly, you and me. And the cost of the gallon of gas. Well, that's t- my point exactly. Paying for it. So keep your eye on uh, Balochistan. I guarantee you is going to be in the news, and it's the poor people of Balochistan. Oh, those poor people. Oh, we have to save them. We have to save them from the evil terrorists. Tajikistan. That's that's that was also in. Uh, isn't that in World of Warcraft eighteen or something? It might be. Yeah, because you know the guys who are in this all know this stuff. Oh, nice. I have to say, Baluk, uh, Baluchistan is Baluchistan. quite the place to go visit for uh, uh, photos. <laughs> Yeah, it's gorgeous. These places are there. That's the problem. Is these are all beautiful and places. Like I'm looking at a railway station. There, it's just a coolest looking thing. It's just an old fashioned. And you know, one of these boneheads is just going to blow, blow the shit up. out of it, just yeah. out of the blue. It's going to blow it up. So that's what's going on. That's what's really happening uh, in your world. And and I'll tell you, we need a we need a jingle for the Adam Curry Petroleum Industry Report. It should be pipeline something because pipeline Adam could be oil Curry's or gas. Pipeline update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's just an update, John. <laughs> it's an update. Got a little update for you. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Pipelines in the morning. We do want to thank some people for uh, supporting the show so Adam could uh, spend all night digging up uh, pipeline maps. To inform us that the oil companies are running everything. Stephen Foster is one of them. It's Pasco, Washington, $150.01. Gentlemen, I finally did. I finally donated while high. <laughs> I'm sending you some of the savings I had when I chose to fly to the Ron Paul as the choice of the troops' vice drive. Gas really is far too expensive, especially when your car requires high octane. Thank you for the quick lesson, John. Keep up the good work. Your faithful student, veteran, slave in Pasco, Washington, Franklin County coordinator for a certain Republican candidate, Steve. Request de-douching and job karma. Ooh, a double shot on the way for you, my friend. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Here, just before you continue, someone sent me a really funny picture. That one of our producers was listening to our whole conversation about blends and everything. Uh, of uh, of gas, and uh, and so he looked at his manual to see what uh, what blend he should have, and in his manual, this is the this is the funny thing. It says, "Be." He sent a picture of it. Be particularly careful if you are taking antabuse or other forms of disulfiram for the treatment of alcoholism. Breathing gasoline and or ethanol vapors or skin contact could cause an ad- adverse reaction. How about that? We talk about antabuse and blends in one program, and it shows up in his manual. Wow. It's creepy. Danny Bonaducci better be careful when he's filling up his tank. 
There could be like 10% ethanol in uh, some of these gas blends. Maybe you blow up or something. But here's the, I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't splash gasoline all over the place. <laughs> uh, Claudia Gerber, Lisbon. Uh, by the way, there's a, a just a little side note for people who, oh, ethanol, you know, and these these alcohols, it, it has 10% less energy, but it's only 10% of the blend. So it's, 10, so it's 1% less energy overall, and it's cheaper uh, because it's subsidized. And I will say this, ethanol has the the added capability of when it gets into the tank and if there's any water which tends to collect at the bottom of a gasoline tank over time it's it it dis- essentially dissolves the water into the ethanol and gets it out of there it's actually pretty beneficial hmm. uh, claudia gerber lisbon ohio 150 dollars. john adam i've taken a moment to donate while listening to the february 2nd show why because mm-hmm. of adam's dire forecast of no agenda things to come keep it up guys you do what you do, so we don't have to. Thank you, Claudia. James Ogilvie in Simsbury, Connecticut, $111.11 without comment. Jeff Snyder, Terryton, New York, $100. Adam, your analysis about the Leviathan gas fields on show 381 was just awesome. It was so great, it got us to donate finally. Please keep up the amazing work and watch your back. You could spare a year in Texas, after all. Yeah. Oil oil town if you're to spare a shot of karma for us in our lawsuit against jp morgan chase it would be appreciated yeah absolutely here's some screw you chase karma you've got karma ken bernie in oshawa ontario hundred dollars without comment it's candace blaney toronto ontario 9999 uh niner niner Hi, John and Adam. My sister and I need citizen karma for our best podcast and from the best podcast in the universe as our sales have been slow through January and February and karma for my brother who is working hard at school. The more policies we can sell, the more we can donate. Also, I invented a drink called the Santorum. Froth up a couple of peppermint patties, milk, vodka, and a touch of cream to cacao. Uh, it'll have you and your friends saying, mmm, that is great Santorum. <laughs> It's a frothy mix, I tell you. The frothy yep. mix you can drink. It's the Santorum. Well, here we go. It actually might not be bad. I'm sorry? <laughs> I said it might not be a bad drink. Let me give him the karm with Hey Citizen. Oh, let me do that again. That didn't work right. Hey Citizen. You've got karma. There we go. Let me go over this drink again. Um... It's uh, you, froth, you froth up a couple how, how of you, peppermint patties. How do you froth? You up. <clears throat> how do you froth up a peppermint? I think patty. you would use like a, <clears throat> a, a blender on your cappuccino mach- device of some sort of. But milk. a peppermint patty is like a. It's a chocolate cookie. No, no, no. It's a, it's a candy. It's it's a, it's dissolvable. It's not a cookie. I thought there was always a cookie base in. The no, no. There's patty. no cookie in a peppermint patty. Okay. No, no flour. So can you product. just uh, can you put it in the blender? Yeah, okay. that's what you do. All you right, put that in the blender. Patty, milk, vodka in a blender with some cream to cacao, and it'll make a foam, I guess, and you can serve that up. That might actually be an interesting drink. I'm going to think I shall try that. I think you should. I think everyone should try it this weekend. <laughs> that's a great Santorum. Nice and frothy. <laughs> <laughs> it could take, you never know. These things can catch on. It, it could take off. Yeah, it could take off for sure. Anonymous in Brooklyn, New York, 6969, continuing up to 6969 69, uh, meme. Yes. 
thanking you for the awesome deconstruction of what's going on in our world and almost five hours of entertainment a week, actually probably more this week. Requesting a de-douching and some get laid karma. Maybe it can help me find someone to spend the rest of my life with in this crazy, messed out world. Shout out for DH Unplugged. Make more. All right. So we'll give you some get laid karma after your de-douching. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Well, we got a lot of uh, getting laid karma being requested this week. Yeah, Sir David Pugh, as a matter of fact, in North Canton, Ohio, comes in with another 6969. So this will be, what, the fourth or fifth show in a row with this number. Uh, in the morning, my smoking hot wife is up for a job promotion. And I was hoping for a little karma. Thanks, buds. <laughs> You've got karma. Staying on the 6969 theme, Skylar Visconti, Salt Lake City, Utah, mm. says, my, the wife and I are getting a divorce after six months. Drop everything on my 6969 karma just to, to just be karma for you and John to have great sex. We're not having sex together, I'm telling you right now. And I need some <laughs> damn revenge sex. Yeah. My soon-to-be ex cheated several times since January. To be, for, to be fair, she hid it from me. I'm kind of a swinger. Yeah, we didn't need to know this. It's Salt Lake. Salt Lake City's got a bunch of these people. Yeah. A friend of mine from high school moved to Salt Lake City and became a swinger. Isn't that weird? Clarify, I need revenge sex karma. No MILF, and I'd like you to take some karma as well. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take a lick of that karma, and here's some revenge sex karma for you, Skylar. I hope you get it. You've got karma. Wait, a friend of yours moved to Salt Lake and became a swinger? Is that what you yeah. said? Does he tell yeah, you about apparently it? Apparently the, the state is crawling with him. But what does he do? Hey, John, how you doing, man? Love that column. Hey, did you know I'm swinging? I mean, how does that go? He brought it up in a conversation and how it happened to him, how he got to become one. He was Ooh, apparently there's these, tell. these. Yeah, there's a bunch of these predator couples that are swingers and they're all over the state, apparently. Mm -hmm. And they come visit, you know, you could, I'm always on the lookout for <laughs> people because they're creepy. Hey, how I, you doing? <laughs> I personally, no offense to the swingers out there because I'm sure there's a few that listen to the show, but they tend to be like the same guys you run into at the porn convention uh, when you go to the CES show and there's a porn show nearby and they're all, you know, open shirts, uh, chains, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I guess they, uh, they're essentially salespeople. <laughs> Do they have brown shoes? Because all well, sales guys. I don't know about that, but they, they, they got the two of them separated. So the wife went off with, with my the guy? friend, yeah, off to get to the liquor store, and and then she threw herself at him, and he said, "Well, you know, she's pretty. She was dynamite, I guess." Uh -huh. And then when he came home, he saw his wife making out with her husband. Wow! And then they got into a discussion. Next thing you know, he's a swinger and he's in this whole scene and then he disappears off the face of it. I don't know really what happened. He's <laughs> <laughs> just got into a different milieu and now he's like, his, and he wears, you know, he's got his old high school haircut. He wears a mullet. And he's, and he's got an RV. I don't know. Like I said, disappeared. <laughs> I'm always, uh, so I got to be on the lookout for that. Be careful. See, the thing so, is. Uh, Texas, by the way, Texas, uh, Dallas is another hot spot. Of swinger, yeah, but that's not. I mean, we're in Austin. We're yeah, Austin's different. different. I don't think you're going to find too many in Austin. I'm not looking. Well, you, you're going <laughs> to. They find you. Hey, so Michael hi. Miller and Chipper on sixty-seven dollars. <laughs> he needs a citizen karma. Uh, right on. Hey, citizen. You've got karma. Andrew Harvey in Long Beach, California, sixty-six, sixty-six, with no comment. Jacob in Vermilion, South Dakota. I've been listening for a few weeks. It's my first donation. Love the show. I'd like to have donated more, but this college scam is stealing most of my money as a college student. However, I'm in 
I'm, I'm in a criticism-related class, and our first assignment was to write a two- to four-page interview for something. I wrote a glowing four-page review of the best podcast in the universe, and I received an A and good feedback on the paper. My professor wrote in her comments she had downloaded the show and liked some of the points I included about the mainstream media. Later, she told me in class that she loved my paper, and I hope wow. this donation and promotion are enough to justify requests for some karma to be sent Ron Paul's way. Keep up the uh, good media assassination hey, work. Hey, that's really, first of all, thank you so much for any college student to, to be supporting the show. I know that must be very, very hard. And then, but really, uh, hi, Professor. I wonder, I wonder if she's hot. Hi, Professor. Uh, hi, Professor. Oh, here you go. Some karma, man. Thank you. You've got karma. Hi, Prof. Ron Vitale in Haverton. Pennsylvania. Right, you, you missed, you missed uh, Ben. Oh, I missed, I'm sorry. Ben Schultz in Wilmington, North Carolina, same $60. I wanted to send $5 a month through my bank, but they wanted to charge me $7 a month to do it. By the way, <laughs> most banks don't charge anything to do that kind of time payment, it's called. My wife, and we get a lot of them. My wife got sick of me complaining about it and yelled at me to just send $60. <laughs> thanks, thanks, wifey. Ron Vitale in Haverton, Pennsylvania, $60. Haven't donated in almost two years, but both of you have been putting out great shows lately, and I wanted to stop being a douche. Please hook me up with some karma to deal with my work woes. You've got karma. Tori Hunter in Paducah, Kentucky, 5757. Uh... In the morning, Adam and John like to contribute towards Mr. Oil's knighthood. He's contributed to the No Agenda stream in many ways, including but not limited to guest hosting Dirty Boxers Live, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, when Lee Brown allegedly needed private time. Hmm. Spinning pod-safe music before Rhino the Bearded Zero Zero show live Friday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern. Just for the in general being a pesky Russian, support begins at home, which is why I'm contributing to the No Agenda show. In addition to my $11.11 monthly subscription, there's no conflict. Resist conflict, we much. Conflict. No conflict. conflict. Resist we much. No conflict. Yeah, yeah we resist we much. Hey, that, uh, was, that was a ref- reference to uh, Al Sharpton. Yeah, thank you very much. And I'm sure uh, Mr. Oil appreciates that, and uh, we'll start keeping track of that. Uh, he's, uh, he should be an oligarch. Shouldn't be just a knight. Yeah, then we could get a billion from him. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, De- yeah. Patrick Deary, uh, double nickels on the dime from Ontario. Uh, no, no comment. Joe the Dish Slave is back. I'm sorry, Stop. you missed Ashley. No, oh, I don't know. I, this thing is skipping ahead. Ashley Wilde in Kutin or Cutin. I never know where this is. California. Hmm. 5555 in the morning, citizens. First time donor here. I'm donating my medical marijuana money because I have a job interview with a drug test coming up. <laughs> I want to claim the title as your first lesbian listener. Hey, no. Send pictures. Yes, my real last name is Wild. Uh, No, I am not a porn star. I started listening a few months ago. I love the show, and I can get a karma shot to help me get the job I can't smoke weed for. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, If you just feel like quitting, it's not that hard. You're not addicted. Don't worry. I've done it myself. Here you go. You've got karma. But send pictures. Send pictures. <laughs> yeah, got, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Joe the Dish Slave is back. Hey, in Joey. California. Double nickels on the dime. Hey, guys. Dude. Joe the Dish Slave here with double nickels. Donation <laughs> to my wife's damehood. damehood. Usually I ask for karma for my mom, but all the Syria hype made me think that maybe we should direct some of that elsewhere. There are many places in the world where people are suffering and they don't have oil pipelines or gas reserves to make the big boys give a crap about helping them. 
Please send some karma out to them. It's hope it's better. It makes their lives better. Thanks for the great shows you guys yeah, are doing. That's kind. For all you slaves out there, without if you have no pipeline, this karma is for you. You've got karma. So Greg Stone in Rapid City, South Dakota, double nickels on the dime. Uh, episode one listener calling out non-donors. Mm. You know who you are. As douchebags. Douchebag. He needs a shot of karma for his economics test Tuesday. Life in general. Birthday shout out for Jesse Dirksen. We got him on the list. Uh, P.S. Any advice for a trip to Amsterdam would be nice. Uh, maybe we can talk about that to lighten things up later. You've got karma. Uh, here's what you do. Just send an email to Mickey at Curry.com. That's M-I-C-K-Y at Curry.com. And uh, she'll hook you up. She is uh, formerly known as the mayor of the night. John Tucker, Omaha, Nebraska, double nickels on the dime. Great ana- analysis about the Leviathan pipeline and gas field. Adam, here's uh, fifty-five ten to pay uh, for cable TV. Thank you. My wife agreed that we can cancel cable and save our kids' minds from that crap. Good. Glad you're on board, too. But remember, you do this so we don't have to. Does some of the extra money to help pay the bill in the morning. You know what? It's not entirely true. Because uh, I can cancel all that crap I don't need. I mean, all I need is C-SPAN, the douchebag news channels, and I'm good on everything else. But thank you very much. Appreciate it. That's why uh, it's, it's good. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, Robert Citizen Kane from Columbiana, Alabama, double nickels on the dime. I'm making great strides with converting my wife, a.k.a. she who must be obeyed to your show. <laughs> She's trying to convert her, she who must be obeyed to the show. Uh, just the other day, she asked me, what were Flower Pot and Buttercup talking about this week? <laughs> flower Pot and Buttercup? <laughs> oh, well, I keep trying. Here, uh, so here's with a second donation. Why? Because that's a stupid question. Obviously, I need karma. I'm flying next week to Seattle for the Microsoft MVP Summit, and I need some airline karma so I can get a seat with lots of leg room and no one around me and not stuck between a couple of fat, sweaty guys. <laughs> Like me, <laughs> since karma's good for a week, hopefully it'll work on both the re- going and coming flights. Maybe it'll even help me from having to opt out of the scary radiation machines. Although the pat downs to bring the personal touch back to the airline industry is cool. Good karma to you, sirs. And 73. 73 is an 88. Back at you, my friend. Here's some flight karma. You've got karma. Uh, Jeff Yerke in Concord over here says he didn't get the chance to leave a smart aleck remark on PayPal. So my only request for Sunday's show is I need a shot of karma and a niner, niner, niner from Adam. Niner, 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 karma. You've got karma. Uh, Ian, this is an interesting spelling. How do you think this is pronounced? I think it's, uh, Ian. 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 Ian Kilmary. Whatever it is, it's he's in Stevenich, Hertfordshire, fifty one ninety four. First time donor, long time boner, donating thirty three pounds, which comes in at fifty one dollars. Wow! I'm in need of a karma shot. I'm in the process of submitting plans, submitting submitting plans to the pen pushers. My local council to get approved to be allowed to live in my own home. Good luck on that. Keep up the good work. So he needs a karma shot. You've got karma. Goes by the nickname Kilmo. Bruins Clothing, our favorite jacket makers in Watertown, hey. South Dakota. Fifty bucks. 
It's the latest kickback from the folks who have purchased No Agenda embroidered jackets or mentioned No Agenda on their order form. $12 embroidery still offer still stands. Pick a No Agenda meme for us to embroider on the crest, and all $12 goes to support the pod- podcast. Great. Thank you so much. Lovely, lovely articles. And the jackets are warm. If you're, if you're in a cold weather climate, you need one of these things. Christopher Rivera in Boulder. We're having like a Indian summer here. It's like seventy five, and we, we had ninety degrees the other day. Wow! All of a sudden, yeah, it's weird. So Christopher Rivera, Boulder, Colorado, fifty dollars. This is Chris from Gitmo Nation Underground Bases, Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> First time donor, long time boner. I'm donating today because karma came up and slapped me in the face last Tuesday. I attached a picture of my parking slip. The time expired at 3.33. And I didn't notice until later, but if you look at the date by international standards, it was 2102-212. A palindrome. On top of that, my tax return hit my account the same day. So I'm donating $50 and starting an 18 and a quarter weekly donation so I can finally start working my way up to knighthood. Looking forward to sitting at the round table this time next year. Can I have a de-douching and karma for my trip to Puerto Rico? You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Christopher Rivera in Boulder, Colorado, another Boulderite in $50. Peter Snakes in Amsterdam. Sir, sir. Sir Peter. Sir Snakes, yeah. Sir Snakes. Amsterdam, $50. Uh, Greg Steerly, also $50. And that concludes our contributors and producers and uh, well-wishers for this week's show, 386. And we hope that people continue on this uh, path so we can keep doing the show in the same uh, working until 2 in the morning uh, manner. And I think, yeah. Well, you know what? It's uh, it, it makes me really happy when people you are supporting the show. Well, it, <laughs> really. When people are supporting the show, it's like, you know, then I feel good about this. I, I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, I feel like I'm coming in second place. I had my Google thing, and then you killed me with this pipeline thing. Well, me, and well, I can't me, seem to catch up with the pipeline. I have not gotten you. You have the, obviously the 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 whatever it is the uh, maps, man. It's just maps. You have the the pipeline karma. Whenever you see whenever you see something in the news, just look at the map, and then you figure it out, and then it's. But it makes me feel so good. You know, like, oh, now I understand. And I think that's with everybody. So, like, ah, oh, okay. So, you're making up all this crap. You're killing journalists. You know, whatever you need to do, at least we know what it's for now. I don't think it's stoppable, but. Uh, no, it's not stoppable. But also, but also, Mickey was out of town. She's uh, visiting a friend in Los Angeles this weekend. So, I'm literally walking around in my, in my you know, unshaven, unshowered, eaten boiled potatoes. <laughs> it's like wherever I go, I got to poop. I'll take the laptop. Like a Russian. <laughs> no, it's not like a Russian. That's bull crap. Russians aren't all like that. <laughs> so all they do is eat boiled potatoes and walk around in their underwear. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden I'm like, it's like 2 a.m. Like, oh, my God, I got to stop. It's just, you know, you just keep going. I'm like composing maps and putting stuff together. And yeah, you'll catch up. You'll catch up. Now, I'm, I, I will have to put together a huge, uh, like a real site. A pipeline site or something, uh, and we got to give it a name. And yeah, Jingle would be great too. I'm working on that. So thank you all extremely for supporting the program. We uh, do believe we're giving you value. You're giving us value back. It's a model of the future, I tell you. Dvorak.org/na. It really is the model of the future. And hey, let's congratulate some people. It's your birthday, birthday. 
fellow slave, Ben Nadius, uh, who celebrates uh, on Tuesday, the 28th. Sir Stone congratulates Jesse Dirksen of Minnesota. She turned 25, or Jesse turned 25 on the 22nd. And Graham Briggs congratulates himself. His birthday is today, the 26th of February, 2012. Ooh. Sorry, slipped on the button there. That wasn't exactly, uh, didn't mean to do that. Um, since we've been uh, seeing some good support, uh, that means a couple of people are going to receive their knighthoods today. We're going to do a triple knighting, John. It's been a while. So this is good. This feels like we're uh, back. In- and what's what's interesting about it is we have the two kind of sworn reverse enemies. Yeah, both yeah, becoming both nut. being knighted on the same day. So then now they're a tied for something. Maybe I don't know maybe what, they but- will cross swords. Maybe not. I don't know if they swing that way. Bring out yours for a second. Let me cross it with mine. There you go. Man, nice. Okay. Jason Hoffman, sit incognito, and Dr. Nenninger, step forward. There you go, gentlemen. Neil, because of your support of the No Agenda show in the amount of $1,000 or more, you have continued to help us become the and be the best podcast in the universe. Not only will you receive your ring, but you also receive the coveted title of Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. I pronounce thee, Sir Jason Hoffman, Sir Incognito, and Dr. Nanager, Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable, Hookers and Blow, Rent Boys and Chardonnay, and if you prefer, Hot Pants and Booze, which is how we do it here in Tejas. And thank you all for supporting us. You have now joined that elite group of the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable, and uh, Mimi will be reaching out to you uh, with information about your ring, which uh, still is something uh, from time to time people will come up and say, look at this, and they'll be wearing it. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So uh, I have a couple of Ask Adams today, which are nice features. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do an Ask Adam. All right, you're, you're, you're uh, currently uh, engaged. Yes, I am. Uh, play the Bill Maher uh, oh. clip, and, and I'm, I have a question for you. Okay. Righty. Recently wrote about, do they call them management rings? Where, you know, in the past, of course, when somebody got engaged, the man gave the woman the ring. Right. And then she would show it. And, you know, I've had girls do that. Hi, how are you? You know, right. they, and now girls want a man to wear a ring to show that he's marked, the, that he's had his leg pissed on. That exactly. Well, <laughs> no, I, um, these are these are engagement rings for men, and they're called mangagement rings. Mangagement. Yeah, and five okay. percent of men are now wearing mangagement rings, and uh, a lot of women feel like um, that it's unfair that they're off the market once they're wearing an engagement ring, and that the guy is, for all intents and purposes, still on the market uh, until he actually gets married. Okay, what is your question? Do you have a mangagement ring? So let me say something about the mangagement ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides that, it sounds particularly gay, especially coming from this guy. And and by the way, if somebody's wearing an engagement ring, doesn't mean they're off the market. No, uh, this go is on. this is what I was going to say. So sometimes it makes them on the market. Before I even asked Mickey, uh, we uh, she gave me her mother's wedding ring, uh, which fits my finger perfectly, and she is wearing her father's wedding ring. Both of them deceased. Um, and so we have been, I've been mangaged for a while, but let me tell you, the minute I put my mangagement ring on, I got a lot of interest. This is what's astounding. Women will actually come up to me and start talking to me like, oh, you uh, married, engaged? 
So uh, it's a good thing, this mangagement. So you are. So you, in fact, are, are, are one of the five percent males wearing a mangagement ring. Well, it's not really a mangagement ring because I was wearing it before uh, before we were engaged. So I'm just. It's, uh, uh, I it, see. Okay. It's a uh, she. It's like her mark of peeing on me, as Bill Maher would say. Bill Maher, by the way, if you missed it, I would like to. This is his stand-up for Yahoo. And this is part of Obama's campaign. Here's how it works. Yahoo needs to put some money into the coffers of the president for a whole bunch of reasons. Silicon Valley is way in the president's pocket. So they pay Bill Maher a million dollars to do a stand-up televised on Yahoo. And then here's what he does. Tonight announced a donation to the Obama Super PAC, which has the very unfortunate tongue twister name, Priority USA Action. I know, it was named by Borat. But tonight, I would like to give that pack one million dollars. Can't anyone see this obvious scam? Bill Maher didn't take a million dollars out of his own bank account. I mean, he's stupid, but not that stupid. Exactly. Now, he got a million dollars from Yahoo, and then he comes out with a giant check on stage. Ooh, look, here you go. This is uh, my, I'm giving it to Obama's super PAC. Bill Maher, you are a douchebag. Yeah, good catch. What's the second to ask Adam? Well, this is a little more complicated. Um, play the clip, and then yeah, I'll, I'll ask you it. the question. All right. The National Enquirer sparked outrage for publishing a photo of Whitney Houston in her open casket on the cover of their latest uh, issue. Yeah. It's just absolutely shameful. Outrage today over Whitney's open outrage. casket photo. From New York at The View to the L.A. premiere of John Carter to the Essence Black Women in Hollywood luncheon plug, to plug, CBS's plug. morning host Gail yeah. King, who was a guest at Whitney's funeral. I say shame on the National Enquirer for doing it. Shame on us for buying it. You know, the bigger question is, how did they get the picture? Clearly, somebody, it was sold for money. Very few people had access to that room. So you figure family members, and I hope and pray it wasn't a family member. I don't think it was. Security people and people that work at the funeral home. And because the access was so restricted, they will be able to figure out who it is. I think the salaciousness and the... Do I have to listen to the whole thing for the question? It's almost over. Uh, it shows who aren't real journalists, you know? And if people bought it, shame on them. I just think that's disrespectful to someone's family. An issue that should be uh, left up to the family and her and her loved ones. And I don't think it should be made a, okay, a public spectacle. All right, what's the question? The question is, do you think it's a bad thing that they put a... a that somebody took who has... Because everyone carries cell phones now. That somebody took a picture of an open casket... And put it in a magazine or a, a publication. I mean, what's the big deal? I encourage this, and uh, as you know, I am a uh, a huge proponent of televising uh, prisoners who are put to death. I think it would be a fantastic show, a great reality show, um, and you can even do cliffhangers for commercials and all that. Uh, you know, like will the governor call? Will he get a stay of execution? I'm all for this. I'm all for this. I think this is very good. Yeah, I, I, I find I, I find no I fault don't see at why all. They say this, be, you know, this. I didn't get the, the the big fuss unless they were just trying to promote the the the, the inquirer. Well, duh. 
<laughs> yeah, when everybody Duh. gets paid to promote stuff on really? these shows, but it just seemed like I, I was just completely baffled by this. I, I was like, who cares? She's dead. Well, we don't want you like thinking about pipelines and stuff. That's the basic idea. And it's an open coffin. In other words, people get to see in there. Why can't we see a picture? We can't. We weren't invited. That's just. I just found the whole storyline to be pathetic. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. I guess I'm unreal. Okay, I got. No, let me top this with you. All right, top. You, you just. Okay, you're so you're clutching his straws here, John. You're clutching his straws. Taliban. He's busted into uh, <laughs> some offices and killed a couple of guys. We know that, well, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a big, they, big story. Do it all the time. And, of course, now everyone's bailing out. They're leaving. You know, they're avoiding the uh, compound because I, nobody figure out how this guy got in there. There's no real. Right, what are you talking about? I, I, sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. About this assassination of two Americans inside the uh, foreign affairs, at, the embassy. I know nothing about this. You know, I was, no, I'm looking at pipelines all day. What I can't pay attention oh, to Taliban. Okay, well, let me let me get Set you up. I'm going to go find a link so I can bring you up to speed on the story. And then I'm going to let you talk now. Oh, well, you find the link. Yeah. Well, oh, crap. All right. Because I didn't know that you didn't know about the story. So now I got to find you something so you can brief yourself. Quickly. I knew nothing about the story. Oh. Mm. It's a big scandal. Really? Yeah. They guess some guys were in. Uh, I got to get the building name. Yeah. They were. Somebody got the Taliban took credit for the assassination of a couple of just. We don't really know who they were, but I think we have a clue who they were based on this piece of kind of one obscure clip that I have, and I've never heard anybody else talk about this. And But but anyway, go on with something else. Get back to it in a second. Well, I, you know, here's what happens. is like I kick back, I'm relaxing. I'm like, oh, okay, this is all good. Um, okay, then let me go and back some to... Some people were saying, well, it's be, you know, it's because of the, the, the Koran burning. It was a big deal. You know about that? Yeah. <laughs> How could I miss that? Yeah. Well, that's part of it. You know, the, and the whole part of the Koran burning, the reason why the president had to apologize is Afghanistan's our partner in the TAPI pipeline. That's why, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just go. Just let, let us continue building the pipeline. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Didn't mean it. We didn't mean no harm. You know, we, we tricked all our people into thinking that, you know, Muslims are bad and the Koran is bad. And, you know, sometimes we got to rein everybody back in. We got to control all that stuff. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Now, let's get back to the pipeline. Let's build it. India's waiting. That's why I went to India. Remember, I went to India. I went there to talk about, you know, convince those guys to sign on to the TAPI and give up the peace pipeline. That's why I was there. I'm sorry. I'm a busy man. I got to go play some golf. You got the article now? Yeah, there's a couple articles on it. And then finally, I think they are getting to the fact the fact here, which is uh, play the clip from uh, um, Al Jazeera, France 24. Ooh, which used to Van be a cat, which used like to be a really it. respected news network. It's which, actually still good. Yeah. but You don't get to see it much. Hmm. NATO has recalled all staff working in government departments in Afghanistan's capital, Kabul. It's after two U.S. troops were shot dead within the interior ministry. The Taliban's acclaimed responsibility is saying it's revenge for the burning of Qurans at a NATO airbase. While the U.S. has condemned the killings, but our correspondent in Washington, Phil Crowther, says the government's staying tight-lipped about the circumstances of the shooting. 
We're getting very, very little from the Department of Defense here in Washington. They're very much uh, leaving this over to the ISAF, the International Security Assistance Force uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, we haven't got the identity of the, those two uh, U.S. service members yet, though there is uh, quite a lot of talk now about they, their ranks being uh, colonel and major. Now, that would, of course, be quite significant. Those are very high ranks, and uh, maybe that was to be expected, considering uh, that this incident happened at the inside of the Interior Ministry. Now, it is, of course, very, very difficult indeed to stage an attack right on the inside of that ministry, uh, very highly protected it is as well, meaning that maybe an insider was responsible for this. Uh, but we are still waiting for the ranks of those killed. And Okay, but anyway, <laughs> so the point is that they never mentioned this in the mainstream media that it was a colonel no, I didn't and a know. major. No, these are this like big guys. Like any normal thing where some nut ball just starts shooting at people. No, I can tell you exactly what this is. Good. Yeah, this is, there's a couple guys. You know, remember this is the assistance force, the assistance force to assist in the building of the pipeline. And people are not stupid who are sitting there. You know, the Marines. I went to Iraq. You know, so I uh, I know what it's like. Not Afghanistan, but it's similar. These guys aren't stupid and girls. They know what's going on. Like, wait, wait a minute. We're shipping the drugs to the CIA. The CIA is protecting the pipelines. I'm sick and tired of this crap. There's nothing to do with it. I'm not going to send my troops out there anymore. These guys went rogue. That's a possibility. That's I think what, that's what happened to McChrystal, by the way. I still believe that when we first started discussing it. There are, yeah, there, that, yeah, there are patriots. To get the hell out of there. Yeah, there are patriots, you know. There are, <laughs> there's still some around. And yeah. Get, yeah, you get fired or fired on. Or you on. do what, what McChrystal did, which is, you know, get yourself kicked out. Yeah. That's, it worked. Yeah, call the Rolling Stone. Dude, write a, write a hit piece on me now. Because if you, if you don't <laughs> hear you me. Quote, you can quote me now. The president's a douchebag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm a douchebag. Quote, quote, quote. Here, call it in. Here's the phone. Use my cell phone. Use my satellite phone. Yeah, that, that's exactly what's going on. Um, we... We're going to talk about uh, the Keystone Pipeline, and one of our producers emailed us. Did you catch that email? Uh, no, I missed it. I didn't get a Keystone Pipeline thing. Yeah. Um, so he said, well, this is, of course, because of Obama's deal with uh, Buffett. Oh, the Buffett. Yeah, I did get that. that yes, yeah. Burlington Northern. No, it's... Uh, it's yeah, yeah. But Buffett's in a Buffett's got it all locked up. He's got the the transportation over the rails with those tanks of of gas, and he's got the pipeline angle. Yeah, no, Buffett's amazing. I also figured out Kosovo. All right. Now you heard this wasn't in the news a lot, but uh, let's just see what the headlines are. If we go to Kosovo, I'll just type in Kosovo and in, uh, in Google and see what comes up on the news tab. Uh, let's see. I'm going to hit news here. Let's see what the main headline is. Kosovo, Serbia reached deal on two key issues. Uh, U.S. welcomes Kosovo agreement with Serbia. Now, what do you think all of this is about? I mean, when you think about this, you think immediately, oh, this is man. We got to it's uh, it's religious, right? It's about uh, Muslims and uh, that same stuff that uh, we went in and bombed them for uh, during the Clinton era. Let me just see what Boston.com says. Uh, so they say that they reached the deal on two key issues. Let's see. Serbia, one-time province of Kosovo, reached an agreement Friday. Two key issues. What are the agreements allow Kosovo to represent itself in international conferences and spell out the technical details of how Serbia and Kosovo will manage their joint borders and border crossings? Sounds pretty good, right? 
the EU foreign policy chief, High Representative Ashton, an enlargement Ugh. enlargement commissioner. What enlarge? Well, that's a great title. Hi, I'm your enlargement commissioner. <laughs> what? Yeah, Stefan Fuel. Welcome that the thing away from me. All right. So here's what it's really about. This is about the AMBO pipeline. This yeah. pipeline pumps Caspian oil from the Bulgarian port, uh, Burg- Burgas, through Macedonia to the Albanian port of Vlora. And from there, it goes to Rotterdam for shipment to the United States. Ah, good. It's a, yeah, so it's important. It's a $1.1 billion pipeline. Uh, which has now been agreed to, apparently, and it was, uh, it's operational, and uh, everyone's all happy now. So I guess everyone got their payoffs, and the enlargement, uh, <laughs> the enlargement yes. commissioner came in and said, "Hey, I just enlarging. I just enlarged your bonus, and that's why uh, uh, High Representative Ashton and uh, Lucifer Clinton were uh, conspiring together, and they, basically they just had to pay off the right people." And that's what that whole Kosovo-Serbia thing has always been about. You were led to believe the massacres! Killing people, massacres, horrible! But no, that's not what it's about. It's about the AMBO pipeline. So the uh, New York Times had an interesting article on... uh, It it was an interesting military article about how the military is screwing the soldiers. Of course, this is nothing new in the United States. Right. But this one is kind of interesting because this woman who was went to Afghanistan uh, found a document that actually pointed out that uh, uh, this is going on. Let me just read from it's called Personality Disorder is the name of the uh, article. Hmm. Uh, and it says the Times today writes about new questions. And apparently the New York Times has all the documents. New questions about an old issue, whether the military manipulates psychiatric diagnosis either to save money or to swiftly discharge service members it does not want. Yeah, it's like, here's how it goes. Man, that guy's talking crazy about pipelines and stuff. We better, we better say he's nuts. Get him out. But the reason you want, you, it does two things. One, it gets you out, and they found a document where the commander specifically asked for a diagnosis of personality disorder. That means they don't have to pay your retirement or any benefits. Worth, it's worth because, it. It's worth it. Get out. Personality, <laughs> it saves you a lot of money. Personality disorder is always a pre-existing condition, so the Army's not responsible. Oh, and really? Everybody who has post-traumatic stress syndrome, they're usually re-diagnosed as personality disorder, kicked out of the Army, and they're essentially homeless on the street when you, when you run into these... Wow bums on the street you're running the, the people of military it's screwed over they're actually the it's smartest a, guy in the room because they they're like oh i gotta get out of this well you could do that but it's like it'd be nice if you had some benefits yeah so well, anyway yeah. it's just a common thing going on hmm. i thought it was interesting because they really got into great detail about this and nothing's come of it of course it doesn't get into the mainstream if it's, the new york times is the mainstream media nobody picked it up well that is the same new york times who in the past month twice has, uh, and I have the articles here, and they're also in the show notes, 386.nashownotes.com, has uh, smeared critics as terrorists. And this is very significant because the New York Times sets the, the pace for the news, right? They, they, yeah, they're the ones that they're, that's the paper of record and everybody, uh, and anyone who's worked in, in broadcasting, especially in small markets, they know that essentially they get their news stories from the New York Times and no one else. They don't do any original anything. So February 22nd story about uh, Kader Adnan. He's a hunger, he's a Palestinian who's on hunger strike, 
who was challenging the Israeli practice of holding prisoners without trial. Here's what was printed in the uh, New York Times. An Israeli official speaking on the condition of anonymity called the deal over Mr. Adnan a workable arrangement. We faced the dilemma, the official said, on one hand, we do not want any harm to come to him or the wider danger. And on the other hand, it is not healthy to set a precedent that every time a Palestinian terrorist goes on hunger strike, he gets a jail out of a get out of jail free pass. And they're just writing that verbatim. So the guy who was on hunger strike is so now if you don't eat, you're a terrorist. Uh, on let's see, two weeks ago. This is a report, a story about the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. Is this a credible uh, outfit? I think that you can get some good material from them. So they had a report about CIA drone strikes targeting funerals. And uh, so the Times, of course, uh, cites an anonymous U.S. official because, you know, you know, you don't have to protect your sources. Just anyone that says something to you in the hallway a senior counterterrorism official speaking on the condition of anonymity questioned the report's findings, saying, quote, targeting decisions are the product of intensive intelligence collection and observation. The official added, one must wonder why an effort that has so carefully gone after terrorists who plot to kill civilians has been subjected to so much misinformation. Let's be under no illusion. There are a number of elements who would like nothing more to, to malign these efforts and help Al Qaeda succeed thereby saying that the Bureau of Investigative Journalism is aligned with Al-Qaeda. Huh. That's the New York Times, John. Well, this group is out of England. Um, I don't know what the... the, uh, Well, I'm not defending the New York Times. I'm just saying that they are the paper of record and people can pick up what they want out of it in in terms of the the other media companies and the fact that they have not picked up on the story about the army... Is seems to be dubious to me. I'm not saying, and I right. think the Times is. I'm not saying they're accurate or inaccurate about a lot of these stories, or they're not doing a bunch of brainwashing because they obviously are. Yeah, I mean, we know. I mean, that's what we talk about on the show. Well, I'm trying to find. Um, I'm trying to find video of this. Uh, there was a see the um, see where this guy is. The lawyer for the Pentagon. What's this guy's name? Je Johnson. Never heard of that name. J-E-H? Je? What's your name? Je? Je. Je. What? Je. So what is it? You got Tourette's, Je? man? Yeah, Je? yeah. Yes, Je. your name. Yeah. What is it? Je. Je. Yeah. Je. Yeah, what? What yeah. is it? Je. Yeah. So he was speaking at the... Where was he speaking? I tried to find this on C-SPAN. It wasn't there. Uh, let me find, just look at the article. He was doing a speech, I think at some university or something. He was recruiting, obviously. So he is, uh, this is also a story from the New York Times, by the way. Uh, Yale, Yale Law School. And here's his quote. Belligerence, remember that word is very important. You'll see it popping up more in the news. Belligerence, who also happen to be U.S. citizens, do not enjoy immunity, where non-citizen belligerents are valid military objectives. Mm. So this is the guy who determines if you get black bagged and or droned. He's a lawyer and he's saying, you got no standing. If you're belligerent, I need to look up the definition of belligerent. I'm doing that as we speak. Yeah, we have, it's very important. Um, you have it. 
I'll look up Apple's version in their built-in dictionary, which is always funny. Because that's another ministry of truth. Well, in the Merriam-Webster, it means waging war specifically belonging to or recognized as a state of war and protected by and subject to the laws of war. Huh. Inclined to or exhibiting assertiveness, hostility, or combativeness. That's definition number two. So both, so it's both the belligerent means of war, you know, somebody in the process of, of waging war. The other one means some guy who's argumentative. Examples of belligerent. He was drunk and belligerent. Ah, there you go. The if you're coach drunk. became quite belligerent and spat at an umpire after being thrown out of the game. Don't spit on me, bro, or I'll drone you. It took very little alcohol, another quote, take very little alcohol to make him belligerent. <laughs> and he became even more thuggish and incoherent when he threw a, in a few sleeping pills as well. It's a quote from Christopher Hitchens. Interesting. So if you're so drunk, it just drunk, it means drunk. Synonyms. Yeah, well, there you have it. Synonym, uh, aggressive, mm-hmm. agonistic, argumentative, is assaultive, <laughs> bellicose, wait, brawling. Wait a minute. It's, ch- it's ticking all my boxes here. Chippy. Combative, I'm chippy. I'm chippy. Co- chippy. Combative, <laughs> confrontational, contentious, discordant, disputatious, feisty, gladiatorial, militant, pugnacious, quarrelsome, scrappy, truculent, and warlike, and on the warpath. Truculent. Yeah, it means belligerent. Good word. So belligerent means just about any normal person. Yeah. Under some circumstance, they will be belligerent. But I think you and I in particular tick all those boxes. <laughs> Except for the drunk part. I got the pugnacious thing down. Pugnacious Quarrelsome, that would be you. Yes. Uh, yes. Chippy, you're, do- you're totally chippy. I'm chippy. And con- confrontational, argumentative. Yeah. Hey, son, pull over. Did I see you being chippy over there? Put your hands on the car. Chippy. <laughs> ah, we're so screwed. So let me lay uh, some crackpot crap on you for a minute. Um, so this uh, Lord Blackheath video. Oh, yeah, we're back on that guy. Well, I mean, Which how was c- a great find, by the way. How, well, it's not like it's hard to find because everyone's freaking out about this well. in, in the real media online. You know, people are like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> the real media, Twitter. <laughs> on the tweeters. And um, here's what's interesting. Uh, People are making connections between this $15 trillion and I guess the general accusation is this money was stolen and this money was used. uh, This money was used to prop up the entire banking sector worldwide. That's the and it came through the 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 Treasury, the Federal Reserve went to the uh, Royal Bank of Scotland, USBC and it's propping up Europe, and but the money was essentially stolen. And th- this is a big scam, and that stuff is going to start coming out, and there's actually a group called the White Hats. Yeah, go figure. Oh, brother. Yeah, I know. Uh, but the connection is now being made between this money and the literal flood of resignations in the banking sector. So without making any connections, let's just go through... The list, and then you tell me something isn't up. So, of course, we have Zolik. He's the president of the World Bank. He uh, resigned. Uh, then we had the $6 trillion in so-called fake U.S. bonds in Italy. We had a couple of arrests. 
We've had four priests charged in the Vatican banking scandal. The chief financial officer of the New Zealand uh, ANZ Bank resigns amid turmoil. I'm just reading headlines. Nicaraguan central bank head quits amid row. Switzerland central bank chief resigns. That's Philip uh, Hildebrandt. Credit Suisse private bank chief Asian economist Tan resigns. Uh, then, of course, we had Merkel's uh, uh, president, Christian Wolf, resign, but that was, you know, over his uh, extramarital bullcrap, whatever. <laughs> Rumors that Blank Fine will be out at Goldman Sachs. Chairman Giles quits the Virginia National Bank after quarrel with other directors. New Zealand Reserve Bank Governor Alan Bollard to step down. Korea Exchange Bank chief steps down. Head of Russian bank regulator steps down. This is all in February. Uh, AJK executive, bank executive steps down. Saudi Hollandi bank managing director quits. Uh, Slovenia's two biggest bank CEOs step down. Uh, it just goes on and on. It what does do you not- attribute this to? I mean, it, it, it sounds to me when you start seeing these guys dropping like flies on their own you know, cognizance. I think it was that there's been a huge scam. Uh, yeah, and something fell. It didn't work. Societe Generale's investment banking chief steps down. They had some. They did something part of a, of a giant scheme that failed. They ended up getting chewed out in the boardroom. Then they've all stepped down. They've been told to by someone. Saunderson, the the chief of Saunderson, another huge uh, banking advisory firm, steps down. Resignations for China's banks. Now, the other possibility is just the opposite. Tell me. The $15 trillion, did the scam went through, they all cashed, cashed out, in. and they're leaving. I think it's a combination. I think uh, uh, they went through, they already got the money, and now they're out because this, you know, oh, crap, that Blackheath douchebag, he had to read all of it, go on the, in on the House of Lords. I think they're all just going out and they're disappearing. Yeah, they're scattering. There you go. Kuwaiti Central Bank Chief resigns. It just goes on and on. Royal Bank of Scotland's Australian uh, head resigns. Iran Central Bank manager resigns. It doesn't stop. I'd like to have that Interpol software that does all this connective stuff. You just put all these names in there, and then it starts to draw a matrix of you know, who contacts who and where the general, who they, you know, who calls who. Essentially, oh, yeah. all the, it's, it's an amazing piece of software if you've ever seen it. Yeah, dream. Have you seen it? Yeah. When, when did you see that? When did you get I an saw invite? It years ago when I was at some meeting in London. Really? And the Interpol guy showed it. It was like, holy crap. So you were and hanging out with the Interpol And why you, it was so interesting. You were hanging you out with the Interpol the gangster's guy? name in, and you could figure out who the kingpin was. You were hanging out with the Interpol guy? Well, he was presenting to a group of us. Oh, that's cool. I don't get anything and, cool. And like you, it was, you could see, obviously, what it did. It was created a, a, a network, and then the network gave up, told you what was going on by the, you know, all this information. Essentially, Google's doing that to us as we speak. So, right. um, oh, yeah, no, of course, that's exactly what Google's doing. So I don't, I don't know. Of course, I don't know exactly what's going on, nor is anybody else. But I think that is uh, very interesting to see all these major mucky mucks scattering. I think I think you're right. That's uh, that's basically it. We're scattering. Pretty crazy. Um, hey, good news, John. Good news. Got to end on a happy note here. 
Looks like uh, we figured it out and we've solved all of the ticks in Leroy. It's all fixed now. Oh, it just ended. It just, oh, it's, it's done. It's fixed. And you'll never guess all we had to do. I mean, here's Dr. Drew Pinsky, oh. uh, the former crackhead uh, who uh, now runs a crack institute and uh, is meant to uh, lie on television to you. Another reason for the ticks was offered PANDAS, or Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder, which is associated with strep and other infections. Those treated with antibiotics are the ones who seem to be showing improvement. Antibiotics! That's all it took. Oh, there you have it. Antibiotics, and of course, we don't see these girls on television because now we can't show them on TV because, you know, that... They showed them before when they had the ticks. No, 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 because the... Ma- we can't see them when they look normal. No, A couple of girls look, no, they might be no, pretty. No, because, uh, no, because, <laughs> no... Be pretty, is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we can't show that. Of course not. Can't do that because, you know, that, that, it, that makes the ticks worse. So, and, and, you know, and the news uh, organization said, you know, we're standing firm with the advice. You know, we'll keep reporting on this. Let me guess. Macadamias? No, I'm going to challenge you to this. These are Tim's Cascade-style potato chips. (laughs) I don't think you can find a better chip. A crunchier. That sounds like. And out- in Texas. Sounds like an outstanding product. Um, no, the, Texas is not known for its uh, potato chips. We do have great olives, though. We have fantastic. We have a, whole, a lot of olive making going on here. Olives. I should uh, bring some olives on the show next time for show and tell for our outstanding product segment. I want to thank Carrie Lutz, who's one of our uh, followers and. Producers, Lutz, the producers of Lutz, Lutz Assets Management. He uh, got into Linguisa and found that uh, in Jersey and Newark, which is a large Portuguese population, there's a company called Lopes Linguisa, Lopes, Lopes Sausage, and they make a very credible Linguisa. I had, had uh, he had sent me some. And uh, I now have decided that there's probably pockets of quality linguisa being made around the United States. And I'd like uh, uh, our producers to clue me in on some of these. And I'm going to put up a web page on the best linguisa in the United States. Fantastic. That's very nice. The Euro. Uh, just a couple of headlines. Uh, what's going on uh, with the Eurozone, Gitmo Nation, Euroland. Uh, Germany is sending 300 tax collectors as a part of the Troika's mission to uh, make sure that the bankers get paid to Greece. So I think they'll be armed as well. Uh, reports now. 300 German tax oh, collectors. Just, yeah, this is the way the king used to do it. Yeah, just send your, your, your tax collector. It's exactly, yeah. it's exactly how it. Go in there and kick it. some ass. Yeah, <laughs> and get, the, get that money, damn it. Um, so, so here's what, uh, in the background, what happened, how the United States of Gitmo nation, uh, helped bail out Greece. Uh, and this is basically your money going to the bankers. The fed did a, a swap and you see the Euro going up, right? The Euro all of a sudden ticked up About like 34. Yeah. Like a uh, five cents or something. It's, it's big when you're talking big numbers, the federal reserve did, a uh, an overnight swap with the European central bank. In other words, uh, we'll give you some dollars, and uh, we'll take some of them euros. And it was about $2 trillion worth, 
which uh, they essentially pumped that money into the European banks. And we don't know which ones, because, of course, we can't audit the Federal Reserve. And uh, by the time that money comes back, they're going to have a nice little profit on it. And the Federal Reserve is, of course, a bunch of banks. But we don't, don't, we're not even allowed to know which banks, but it's just commercial banks. So they took our money and uh, gave that to the European banks. And the, in the process, might made a hand. What is uh, five uh, cents on uh, $2 trillion? Lots. <laughs> yeah, my calculator didn't go that far. Something for our friends there in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Word is out, as I promised. Unfortunately, it is, in ha- it is indeed happening. This is uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Um, bad news. Uh, they're expecting the Dutch economy to contract 0.9% this year. Uh, looks like uh, they're going to be in big trouble. Why is the consumption so weak? Well, because the Netherlands has very high household debt due mainly to large Dutch mortgages. Most of the people in Gitmo Lowlands mortgage their homes at 125% of the home's purchase price back in the boom. Oh, that's kind of high. Well, now, of course, it's going to be closer to 175%. All these homes are underwater. I've been saying this for so long that you know, the, the Dutch are always like, oh, we don't have to worry, you stupid Americans. We're all good here. And there's no work. I mean, there's work, but there's no extra work and there's no wage increases because all of that's tightly controlled in the uh, socialist uh, state of the European Union known as Gitmo Nation Lowlands. And, so you think there's going to be a property collapse in, in Holland? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be very bad. You have huh. no... People don't... They're hiding it. The Dutch are very good. They keep their um, the curtains to their home always open. I remember moving in 1972, moving to the lowlands, and it was always amazing. Like you'd walk past people's houses, you'd see them there watching TV or or making dinner, and it's just completely open. The Dutch are always like, "Hey, you can look in my house. I'm very, I have nothing to hide. Basically, look at my. It's very cultural. And um, so when they're doing poorly. They will pretend that they have nothing to hide and everything's great. This is why the Dutch love Facebook. So they can tweet about their vapid lives and say <laughs> things like, Hey, look at this great sandwich I just made. Snap. <laughs> hey, I can't believe it. I'm in the sun. Look, it's beautiful. My life is awesome. This is why Facebook is actually very important. I thought the Dutch were against bragging. Yeah, but no, no, it's only saying my life. They don't say like, hey, I got a million dollars. Like, look at how fantastic my life is. I'm great. Okay. Everything's fan. And, we're, and it's, it's catching on. You know, if you look at Facebook, a vapid waste of space. That's what it is. It's a place where people go to say, I'm fine. I'm great. Nothing wrong with me. And put up motivational posters. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. That's what it is. I, I'm not going to argue the point. I'm not a big fan of the whole idea. I think people could spend their time doing better things. Yeah, like actually enjoying life. Yeah, getting out of the house. Yeah. Getting off the computer. Stop looking at pipeline maps, Curry. Uh, I do have to give big props to um, the Irish uh, president, Higgins. It seems like Ireland, this guy seems pretty good, this Higgins dude. I'm liking him. Mm-hmm. He went to... Uh, Gitmo, uh, Gitmo East, and he said, "I don't like this treaty. Uh, this is a new compact that uh, yeah. you know Europe is now being pulled together, and they're basically redoing the Lisbon Treaty with all the things they wanted there in the first place. We had to have you know a good crisis, and then oh, 
oh, we have to have central taxing and oh, we have to integrate and harmonize. He's saying, I don't like this and I, I want a referendum. I'm not just going to go ahead with signing off on it. This is uh, causing quite a, it's raising some eyebrows in the Labour Party. It's raising some eyebrows. So good on you, green people, you leprechauns. This guy looks like a leprechaun, by the way. It's pretty well, funny. Maybe he is. Maybe he's related. Yeah, it's funny because uh, someone from Ireland sent me a um, uh, sent me a YouTube video. It's like this guy is great. You know, you should really you should listen to him. I'm like, okay. And uh, so, <laughs> so I watched the uh, the speech. Hold on. Actually, I had it in my. Oh, what's going on? Oh, that's weird. I uh, I I actually trashed it, but. Imagine it's one thirty at night. I've been looking at pipelines all day, and I'm watching the speech to hear what the uh, Irish president has to say, and this is it. Doctor treating them says they suffered from... Oops. Wrong one. Where is it? Uh, hey. What? This one. Conversion. Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, that was great. How did that happen? That was a way to... That's a way to wrap. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. Nah. Here we go. I'll try one more time. Now the president-elect, Michael D. Higgins. Woo! Woo! Well, you should get a harness to the greeny corner thought. It's me and Lama Weekers. For a second, I'm like, wait a minute, I, I just got to focus. You know, I, I know I can understand this. Dude, what is that? Is that Gaelic? How, how would I know? <laughs> it's great. It sounds awesome. I love that. I got to learn that language. Yeah, you do. I'm gonna burn the bears, knock the body, money, Sorry, it was a long way to go for that, but it was the Shaggy Dog ending. Yes. All right, you got something better? No. Well, I do have something. Let's see what I have. Yeah, I'm sure you got something. We got to get out of here. Closed it. I got to get back to my pipelines. Yeah. I got. Uh, let's see. I got uh, Sharia Judge. No, I got. Uh, I got one here. I got a clip. Uh, p- p- Play uh, paging uh, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> okay. You rebel scum. Wow, what a voice. Do you mind reading this for me? Paging Mr. Herman, Mr. Pee Wee Herman. I found my bike! <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that? It's a clip from the uh, Family Guy's uh, tribute to the Star Wars uh, series. And that's exactly the way it played. <laughs> I, I clipped it. I said, I, was, I just wanted a little Pee Wee Herman cl- clip, the paging Mr. Herman clip. And then I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to re- take this whole thing because Adam is going to play some lame-ass clip at the end of the show. And he runs out of steam. I just know it. So I can out-lame him with this clip of this particular uh, episode of Family Guy. No. And I was right. No. No. I think I can out-lame you. I think All I right. Can, I, can, I think I can out-lame you. Hold on. Yeah, but you're digging. No. I, I was planning. <laughs> Hold on a second. I just got to get it from the... Uh, here we go. Here it is. 
Adam Curry, Vox Agency, Old Navy T-shirts oh. infomercial. Now this is great. This is another audition because I'm trying to make ends meet here at the uh, at Camp Mofo. They're doing a. I could probably get sued for this, but they're going to do an infomercial about the best tea ever. And in the commercial, Mr. T actually will be in the commercial. And I auditioned for this in the hopes of getting some big national gig that will pay for my gasoline. <laughs> t-shirts, 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 t-shirts. They're boxy. They're scratchy. They're either too baggy, too tight, too Miami, or just too darn ironic. How do you like that, huh, John? Uh, play lemonade it's like you- stand on Stossel. <laughs> We got to get out of here. This is getting bad. What's more American than opening a lemonade stand? Would you like some lemonade? Yes, please. Who's first? Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. For years, kids have set up stands like this. But today, watch out. The police may bust you. I was like really scared because I didn't know what was going to happen. We were just selling lemonade in our front yard for about three days. And the third day... The police decided to shut us down. Their mom heard the police yelling. And I could hear them from inside my house yelling at them. Girls, you have to shut the lemonade stand down. It made me want to open my own stand here in Fox's front yard. There's a cop over there. Will the police bust me? There are so many vague laws that everybody arguably could be caught up in it. Lawyer Harvey Silverglade says America's avalanche of new laws. This is just what the feds added last year makes criminals of just about all of us. Every citizen arguably could be shown to have violated some regulation in these stacks, and that's the danger to liberty. The police never told these girls why they were shut down. My husband stopped at the city hall to try to find out, and the city official laughed at him and said, really, they shut your lemonade stand down? And he says, yeah, I'd like to see what law I'm breaking. She didn't even know. Eventually, the police chief explained... We're not aware of how the lemonade was made, who made the lemonade, or what the lemonade was made with. We understand you guys are young. <laughs> it's a Santorum, I tell you. I'm this setting woman, up a... <laughs> this woman whose name, the police chief Kelly Morningstar, who's a, uh, I don't know, I would describe her. I hey, wouldn't. everybody, it's Hot Rock and Z100, Kelly Morningstar with you, everybody. She, how well, you she doing? looks like a bull uh, dyke. I'm to a bull dyke. Hey, Kelly Morningstar. And she is a douchebag. Please play the douchebag thing. Douchebag. Hey, everybody, Kelly Morningstar. Well, John, it's all irrelevant, my friend. As long as we know what's going on. And as long as I got my gun. Oop, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be... Uh, what was the word? Belligerent. No, no. The, the word for belligerent. Chippy. Chippy. Didn't mean to be chippy on you. Oh, okay, uh, we'll have more on Thursday, I'm sure... Uh, and you'll be finding stuff. I can already see email coming in. People sending me all kinds of notes about Balochistan. <laughs> Just sounds good, doesn't it? No Agenda producer update coming up on the stream here at noagendastream.com. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. And we don't have to refresh our radios anymore, which is nice. Thank you, Mr. Oil and Sir Gitmo Slave. And John, thank you. Always a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure for me. Coming to you from the Drone Star State here in Austin, Tejas, at Camp Mofo. Chippy as ever in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where everyone on the West Coast hopes Mickey returns so we don't have to listen to Michael Higgs again. Higgs and Higgs. 
whatever his name was, Higgins. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all ships at sea. Slash N-A